and welcome to the Unofficial Controller Podcast, your weekly gaming podcast, episode 89, Arcade Memories, with me, George, and as always joined by Bobby, Afterburner Arcade Full Motion to my rusty rally burner bike. How's it going? <laughs> Good, you? Yeah, oh, absolutely fantastic. We've managed to pack up and ship out from last week's episode, although they don't realise that I'm a little bit cash-strapped, so instead of sending them overnight delivery, I've sent them basically on a cargo ship so it's going to take them two or three weeks to get back so thank you again to the enigmatic production boys uh, see it as a cruise a long sleep. i mean i was nervous putting those crates you know not well not the crate but the casket in the crate to ship i was very nervous they're very expensive i was very nervous touching that thing well you can't i don't think there's a, another taker around anymore that's got that level of craftsmanship yeah 16th century mahogany was as you as you quite rightly put it, it was it was beyond. It it's was beyond. Just, yeah. Uh, so if you wonder what we're talking about, last week we had a special episode where the Enigmatic Boys came on. Uh, go back, check that episode out, and do them a favour while they're on a slow boat to the UK or Transylvania, wherever it is they come from. Why not go check out their fine works on Enigmatic Productions on YouTube? All the trash tapes available on all podcast providers. Before we get stuck in, obviously, you know, my name's George, you know, my co-host is Bobby. But uh, did you also know Bobby is a veritable internet gaming celebrity? He's got more platinums than I've had hot dinners, and I'm not a young spring <laughs> chicken, so that's, that's more than two. Uh, and he's also a host of his own show, uh, Bobby's World Podcast, and you can find him on Instagram as Chronicles of a Gamer, where he reviews and retrospectively talks about the some good platinums and bad platinums that he's earned over the years. We might get into that in my what you've been playing because I've got a confession I've been trying to confess for the last two weeks that mm. I'm not particularly proud of. But new fans and old, they're gathered around. They're like, George, why are you talking about mahogany? You know, we're not we're not here for mahogany, boy. We're here for video games. So coming up, we've got the news, and there's going to be some interesting Xbox news. Probably a smatter in Nintendo and Sony news. In fact, there's also some interesting news about GameStop. Its stock is higher than it's ever been, even in the height of the gaming purchasable disc era. So there's some really? interesting news that might raise an eyebrow. Yes. Then we've got the feature where we're going to talk about our arcade memories. As always, we've reached out to you fine, wonderful people to ask you your arcade memories. We'll weave them almost tapestry-like, into a beautiful picture which we'll display through the medium of your speakers. Then, once that's all done, the dust has settled and the smoke has cleared, it's time to kick it up all over again as the man, the legend Stingray, rears up. Rears? Rears? Tears up. We'll go with tears. It sounds the best. I like it. Tears up, Fifth for Maine. That's roughly where we live in New York. He tears up Fifth for Maine, handbrake turns, pops the trunk, Outfly load of new releases that we look at. We pick a VHS or three. And then I asked Bobby what he's hoping to play for the gaming week. But the show, <laughs> don't even think about it, bro. The show <laughs> can't even begin. I'm very New York now. New York. The show cannot even begin until now Odders. I see you've managed to get hold of a Pulse headset, friends. So grip tight on either can as you're playing your latest game and listening to this show through Spotify on your PlayStation 5 because you're multitasking. Not only are you a man of many talents, you're very busy. So we appreciate your time. Grip tight to that Pulse headset. As I asked Bobby, what you been playing? So still, telling, still playing Cyberpunk. Okay. 
Uh, so remember last episode I was talking about the issues I was having? Ah, uh, yes. Okay, so in the Discord, uh, another guy, Roast Space Monk, Roast Space Monk had a, another issue where he was like, it's unplayable, I want to wait for the patches. And then Adam, Kong Pitcher 79 he said, is it in your SSD? Now for me, I'm not technically savvy. I'm just thinking, what, what you know, oh, an external hard drive? They don't make sense, but that's how I thought about it. And I actually went back, okay, looked in my external hard drive, and Cyberpunk is in the external hard drive. I transferred it back to the PS5, and it's like a brand new game. This is before the patch that just was released. So a week before the patch, I transferred it over. No issues. Your boy is a dum-dum. Because say sorry now. Wow. Say Bro, sorry now. I, I apologize. CD Project Red, they're listening. Not only do I see the crystal faces and the texture loads, it rained for the first time in my game. So um, it's absolutely amazing. Okay, so Cyberpunk, still playing that. Uh, I just met Pan Am. So I'm kind of behind, but also now I'm taking off. So you know, we're going to get there to the end. And then I'm playing Marvel Avengers with my brother, which now we have to stop because there's so many issues with trophy tracking that you have to play solo on a multiplayer game for them to register what you're picking up. Wait, are you having fun playing Avengers? Not anymore. So why not just stop playing it? Because I'm 91% away. I need two more trophies for the Platinum. We're not giving up. If I platinum friggin' vampire, I'm I'm doing this one too, bro. Okay, I did enjoy the game up until a certain point where it's like, okay, either I need more friends or this has to go out the window. You could have asked me. I've been asked you, bro. You don't you don't go online. I said let's do this. Let's have some fun. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. If it was couch co-op, obviously me and you, you know, through the back of the show being oh, I would love it. That'd be awesome. But you can't couch co-op it, so I know. Which is kind of weird. You'd be in the room, you know, here. It's just odd, but whatever. And then, uh, so those two games. So one I love, one I hate. There you go. And then I tried the new Resident Evil uh, demo. So I did like a little, you know, amateur little stream on that. Uh, I didn't know that they released some kind of like uh, gameplay. uh, Like, I guess like a a synopsis or whatever they call it. So I didn't know that this was it. So I didn't know who I was playing as, you know, whatever. It's called The Maiden. It's not mm-hmm. called Resident Evil 7. Mm-hmm. Uh, or 8, sorry, 8. Uh, so I played it. It feels like like an Outlast type game where you can't defend yourself. Uh, you know, so you go around a little dungeon, you go to a castle. I think, I believe they're vampires. I, I don't read the whole thing. I'm just assuming they're vampires because the woman who killed me bit my neck. So, oh, right. you know, yeah, so that happened. And then I play through that. It was, it's only about 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And if you know what you're doing, it's about 10 minutes. So it took me a half hour. Because I, I kept getting stuck. But, I mean, it's interesting. I, I found Seven's demo way scarier. This just seems like a typical Resident I, Evil game. The Resident Evil 7 demo I played was called, um, it was a VR one called The Kitchen. No, um, see, what is, was it called for the regular one? I don't know, but let me tell you, the kitchen was terrifying. See, when you play Resident Evil 7 loaded up, you're already 
freaked out. I felt like, okay, whatever. Now, I don't know because I play horror games or I've seen this before. I wasn't scared at all. Not mm-hmm. once. I mean, I got a little startled toward the end because, you know, it's a it's a jump scare, which is a cheap, you know, of course, it's going to get you. But I didn't yeah. scream. It's like a little, you know, get startled. It's not but Silent Hill 2 or 3, is it? It's not getting it's, into no. the very core of your being as a person. Exactly. So I would like to see more. I'm now, now I'm interested in this. Before the end, eh, whatever, another Resident Evil. It almost seems to me they should just end Resident Evil. You know, and just start something brand new because they had the ideas. You're just, you're I just, think the problem you're is cash grabbing on the Resident Evil name. Well, not only is the name bankable, but you've got like a subset of fans out there that kind of demand something that somehow links to the story. And I agree. They've stomped Umbrella Core dry. Yeah, you know, that mud mm-hmm. hole is is literally dust. But to keep it going and to keep people happy, this is why sometimes when franchises stop, I'm like, okay, like. Here's a prime example, Uncharted. We, the, the biggest unkept secret in gaming at the moment is that San, uh, one of Sony Santa Monica's secret team is allegedly working on an Uncharted game. And yeah, that's okay, but um, is it done? It should be done. It's, it's like how they ended the main game was perfect. And I liked one Chloe... And um, what's the other girl's name? Nadia, Nadine, Chloe, Nadine. Their game was pretty cool. I wouldn't mind singing something else like that. But also, if it ended like that, that's fine too. It, I think it went out great. Like, why beat a dead horse? Unless they start his daughter, and he's like, you know, Sully retired. He 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 does the Sully role, and his daughter plays him. You know, but then it's like, isn't that just Laura Croft now at that point? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not even sure. See, like, yeah, I don't know. So that's all for me. What about you? Well, I've got some good news and some confessions. Let's get the confessions out of the way first of all. Okay. Uh, inspired partly by you, but really partly by sort of green-eyed envy. I looked at your unassailable trophy count, and I was like, oh, "What can I do to fix that?" I know what I'll do. And I've been on some calls with Zootamax Media, you know, big round table calls where they're talking to TV directors about the other shows and I'm sort of sat in the background not really doing anything. So I downloaded My Name is Mayo on my Vita. Did you now? I did. I, I did. And I'll actually be honest with you, probably one of the hardest Platinums I've ever earned. Not only was I physically exhausted from <laughs> tapping on the screen, but if you think you're going to tap on the screen 10,000 times and just a Platinum pop up, you've got another thing coming. You've got to go in, you've got to select the different suits, you've got to work Mm -hmm. out how many taps they need. If you didn't have a guide, that game would be unpenetrable. So anyone who says to me, it's an easy platinum, if they say that and then use a guide, you're out. If you get the platinum on My Name is Mayo without a guide, you're a gaming god. Yeah, you have to read it. I mean, the story is also kind of, it's kind of interesting. And like like, like you said, you have to select different outfits to tap. Yeah. And then if it's you don't a, do that, you're tapping for no reason. And it's different amounts of taps for each costume. It's not mm-hmm. obvious. So no. I thought, yeah, that's. Do you know what? That was actually respectful of my time. A game, another game. I was going through my PSN free games, and I saw Burly Men at Sea. Now I've heard people say that's an easy platinum. Mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, oh, all right, I'll get that. It is an easy platinum. 
But my name is Mayo is way more respectful of my time. Now, I know there's probably seasoned journalists out there that say, oh, well, Burley Men at Sea takes you on this journey through where you learn about different the different settings and the nuances of these different of these bearded sailors. And through that, you, you learn about yourself and the nuances of your own character. Also drivel, okay? Anyone who reads a text is a loser. Anyone who plays that game for anything other than a trophy is a loser. You've got to do the same thing over and over again with different slight variations like touch tree, touch boat, touch boat, touch tree. And then the next section, swim, don't swim. You know, uh, what a load okay. of not... You've got burly men at sea as a platinum, so don't make out like no, I don't. Haven't. Oh, there you go. There's another one to add to the list you'll be getting tonight. Get it on the Vita <laughs> and on the PS4. Play them at the same time. One and eat each. That's how you can't you do, do the Vita no more. Ah, because you're a naughty could, boy. I'm a naughty boy, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe that's how I'm going to catch you up. Well, maybe welcome get, to the dark side, bro. Maybe I'll get 100 Platinums on the Vita, and then you can start crying your eyes out. Uh, not going to happen, though, to be fair. If I Once I've done a game store, I'm done with it. I've said to you many times, I don't then want to visit the nun in the monastery six times dressed as a cat to yeah, get the true. I Love Whiskers Platinum. Very true. No. Uh, what else have we been playing? Now, ah, we must confess. Mm-hmm. So Burley Men at Sea, easy platinum, but my name is Mayo, way more respectful of your time. You have to do two now. Two what? Part two. Is there a part two? My name there is Mayo, mate. My name is Mayo. So if you sold you me those a sequel to. to Burley Men at Sea, I'll be like, no, mate. Yeah, no, you have to do two. It, it's the only way to become part of the dark, the real dark side is to do I, part I'm, two I'm, as well. I'm, I'm done, to be honest No, with bro. You. Do it. I'm waiting for the trilogy to drop. I mean, it's okay. going to be amazing. Part <laughs> okay. three is going to gonna change the world. Well, I know that people have been on hooks. People have reached out to me. Uh, Retro Gamer Thomas has been especially generous uh, in supporting me through my PS3 morning. So thank you to uh, him, him, Donna, and Millie. As always, you're fantastic human beings. Uh, and I, I appreciate you. I appreciate every listener that we have among the assembled thousands. But quite a few of you make yourselves known to us through the Discord and private messages and all that. And we're not unassailable gaming celebrities. You can reach out and speak to us, Bobby. Let me ask you this. Do you need to pay to get into contact with us on Discord or Instagram? Nope. No, you don't. No, you don't. Get in contact. Anyway, I we all know the tale of my PS3 passing. Yeah. Uh, I went on eBay, and there's a gentleman on there called Rare Things N O One R A R E T H I N G Z N O One. He is a PlayStation Three doctor okay so uh, it's like a ripper dog okay, he is but he he de-lids the playstation 3s he puts new thermal paste in there so between the chip and the heat spreader and the heat spreader in the uh gpu cooler so this guy is he's doing things to playstations to make them better than they were when they left the factory coupled oh, with wow. my ssd his now supplied to me launch 60 gig runs whisper quiet i'm talking playstation 5 quiet wow yes now the fans kick in a little bit when you're playing something like a naughty dog game or now so thank you to rare things no1 you're a legend hopefully anyone who wants a new to you ps3 or a slim that's been a service to be even quieter than it even is or a, a launch stock model get in contact with him he's on ebay Great bloke. His name's Matt. Um, one of the most kindest, most gentlest, most patient human beings. Obviously, my PlayStation 3 love runs deep. So to put up with me, the guy's an absolute saint and deserves to be exonified as a unofficial controller podcast uh, deity. 
for which he now will be. So if anyone wants to reach out to him, um, also contact me because I've got his personal contact details as well. Um, all that being said, I thought well, I'll push the PS3 he sent me to the absolute limits. Okay, let's see what this girl can do. God of War 3. I don't think enough said about that because everyone's like, oh, God of War on PlayStation 4, amazing looking game. It's beautiful. You know, amazing graphics. Yeah, 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 yeah. Story of learning to be a father, like not really. Like Atreus never poos himself, okay? <laughs> so I don't know what you're learning about being a father through that game. Nothing, okay? This is what single games journalists come out with. Oh, I taught me to be a father. Yeah, what to your dog? Get grippy yourself, okay? <laughs> but God of War 3, let me, t- <laughs> let me tell you now. I've forgotten. Now, because of the SSD as well, there's no... I found it to be flawless because I think when I first played it, the PlayStation 3 was struggling and it was there was slowdown when there were enemies on screen and some of the textures were a little bit lazy. This game ran better than I ever remember running. And the yeah. actual visual fidelity of those um, Colossuses or whatever they're called, climbing Mount Olympus, yeah. and you as... The Titans. The Titans climbing Mount Olympus, I think, which was at the end of two and mm-hmm. two rolls into three. Yeah. Kratos is running up their arm and then fighting. And then those um, Poseidon, I think it's Poseidon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like controlling these sort of um, white horse, water white horse crabs. The water effects on those. I was like, oh my God. This, oh, it's a beautiful game, dude. It is beyond beautiful. It I is. can only imagine with your new system. But now, the how thing it's is, look. what frustrates me is Ascension is a prequel to the whole series as a whole. Okay. Mm-hmm. And for me, like maybe it's that opening scene that really blows you away. Um, but Ascension isn't as good looking as three. It feels like they kind of turn things down about 10 or 20% because three is massive in scale ambitious as all hell whereas ascension feels to me like they've just sort of reskinned god of war one it's very much more tight corridors and and less uh intense stuff uh in the other than that so that's the sort of i've been uh, a stress tested with last of us again you know can't help myself that game can't believe it's running on that hardware. It looks phenomenal. And the SSD stops the popping of the textures. So it looks, in my opinion, oh, wow. looks just as good as the remastered version on PS4. Uh, Naughty Dog. Uh, so I played um, Drake's 3 as well, mm-hmm. uh, which is still a cracking game, and it looks incredible. Putting all the PlayStation 3 Nifnaf and Trivia to one side, once again, thanks to Rare Things number one on uh eBay, you're a very good man to me. So thank you for that, Matt. Um, PlayStation 5, mm-hmm. stroke 4, Persona 5. I'm through to the last boss in the first palace. Uh, the first time I've been... It, it's still a tutorial mode, so it's a little bit frustrating that I got beat. Um, so I need to go back and see it through. But now I know what to do. Um, you know, I'll get it done. The first couple of, I wasted quite a bit of life, like, you know, fighting him when I should have been fighting one of these ancillaries that he has with him. You know, you can cut them off to make it less of an issue. 
Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll get there, friend. We'll get there. That's still enjoyable. Again, um, the turn base, as slick as it is, is a little bit sort of like, you know, you're just rolling dice, aren't you? And it's pretty visuals. But the story is enough to keep me moving. I think, really, um, apart from obviously the shocking confessions of my uh, <laughs> my Vita Platinums, which will haunt me forever and a day, and everyone everyone basically just texts me now the words shame. I deserve it. Shame. Not from you. No, I know. I'm just saying shame. That's just what they're going to say. But I don't you care. Can't, you can't. You've got platinums in all sorts. Like Listen, Barbie's horse adventures. You've they got tell me. In. No, never. Just my name is Mayo. You've forgotten, you've forgotten the platinums you've racked up. I know. Well, I, I, I mean, listen, I played some stupid games to get up there. But Mary, Mary Kate and Ashley's Hair Platting Simulator Five. I've checked. I never, bro. You've got the platinum in that, and it's and it's follow up six. <laughs> so I prop you at the start of the show, like listen at this gaming legend. It's not even true, but do you know I'll what? Tell you, if they made my name is Platinum Ten, my name is Mayo Ten. At this point, they might as well call it <laughs> my name is Platinum. Anyway, if you think that's news. Uh, get ready for this. We've scoured the very darkest regions of the internet to bring you the latest stories first up. Now, let me slap my uh, games journalist chops in here because we've got GameStop's a go-go. You'll like this one, Bobby, seeing as you invest in stocks and shares. Struggling retailer GameStop stock curiously hit an all-time high this week, but it's not because Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo suddenly decided to stop selling their games digitally. And it's not because a new set of Funko Pops has taken the internet's imagination by storm. No, the stock price jumped to an all-time high because some institutional investors bet on the company to fail. And a bunch of amateurs on social media decided to call their bluff and try and get rich in the process. GameStop has struggled to reinvent itself as the video games have increasingly gone digital. Now established investors investors and Reddit day traders are going to war over its future and making the games company's stock price do ridiculous things in the process. At the beginning of the year, GameStop's stock was trading at just under $20 a share. In the week since, it's more than tripled in value, reaching just over $73 at its highest point. GameStop is up 174%. It seems people on Wall Street bets, along with several YouTube and TikTok investors, guessed as long as a year ago that if they bought shares of GameStop at a low price, the short sellers would eventually be forced to cover their short en masse, which would drive the price up. Shorting seemed like a sensible bet considering months of bad news and poor financial reports coming out of GameStop, but then Reddit finance personalities began musing about how they thought GameStop was actually a great investment opportunity. The logic was based on how many other investors were already short-selling it. Just today, CNBC reported that GameStop is the single most shortened stock in US stock market history. If someone shorts a stock, this is if you want to work out what's going on here, listeners, pin your logos back. If someone shorts a stock, for example, sells it and gives the original owner an IOU, then the original owner needs the stock back. They need to cover the short by buying additional stock. This helps pump up the price of the stock even further, making it more valuable and potentially creating a feedback loop where it goes up and up and up as everyone scrambles to buy back from the same limited pool of shares, obviously therefore increasing the price. One of the GameStop short sellers is Andrew Left, called Wall Street's bounty hunter by the New York Times because of his reputation for shorting companies he considers weak and following up by publishing research about why the company's going to fail or in some cases, alleging outright fraud. Yesterday, 
Andrew Left put out a six and a half minute video on YouTube making his case for why GameStop is doomed. Wall Street bets in turn organized what finance pundit Jim Craner called an ambush, pumping up the GameStop stock in a coordinated campaign to squeeze Andrew Left, forcing him to buy tons of stock to cover his own position and in turn making their shares worth even more. Jim Craver is an absolute goon, but anything fits the bill of mad money, it's this. GameStop's current stock situation then likely has less to do with its long-term prospects, actually looking up that the chaotic amateur day traders exasperating existing weirdness in the marketplace. Some of this bullish, some of those bullish on GameStop's fortune may have rightly sniffed that the short sellers were too negative on the company's future, as with everything on the internet, what may have started as people trying to and succeeding at making a quick pitch of cash. Uh, it's come much more including a sort of crusade against left as well as an unlikely source of GameStop fandom. Earlier this month, GameStop announced Ryan Cohen would be taking a seat on its board. Cohen is formerly the CEO of the pet food website, Chewy.com, would you believe? But he's already become a golden boy meme in the world of GameStop stocks. Search his name on Twitter and you'll find people tweeting things like Papa Cohen will make take us all to Mars, suit up homies. It'll be a bumpy ride. Rocket emoji so you don't fall off. Now, that wow. was an awful lot of news, but it seems to me like there's some reasonably clever dudes out there buying these stocks up, selling them back, then they have to buy more, so the stock goes up, and obviously they're making quite a lot of money. There's also never bet on gamers, dude, because they're always going to rise to the challenge, and they've gone off and bought all these stocks to make it even more difficult. That's and that's had this strange effect of taking a company that has been on a downward spiral for quite some time and pumping its stock value up to unbelievable levels, which has obviously garnered the attention of the mainstream press. Uh, you know, your, your, New, your New York Times and your Financial Times of the like to make it uh, an even more... Once the stock's got up on people's radar, people buy more of it, you know, because people are oh, if that's going to carry on for another day, I'll buy some stock today and sell it tomorrow. Made myself a quick 100 books, happy days. If that's happening worldwide, GameStop's value is going to keep spiking. Now, that's, that's good for them, stability-wise, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. are they just being played... Are people just having fun at GameStop's expense at this case, at this rate? Probably. Uh, I'm not sure. GameStop is weird because I feel like they used to be really good and interesting. Mm. And now it just seems like the generic store that you go to buy video games. There's no life in it. It's just a cardboard cutout of what the store is basically what it's, what it's come to. Yeah. I don't really like GameStop. It's just, I don't know. I'd rather go somewhere else and get a game than GameStop. I used to love going in there. They had all kinds of cool collector editions and the people were more friendly. The store looked cool how they separated it. Now it's like, all right, left wall, Sony, right wall, Microsoft, far wall, Nintendo, and here's some Funko Pops. I mean, it's ridiculous. Mm. Even if you buy a game used online, sometimes you just get the game, the, the disc. Like, well, where's the where's the cover? It's a generic cover with type uh, type letters of the game. Mm. They don't tell you that. So it was taking a beating for a while. Yeah, and my the, my local GameStop is not good. It's the the problem. I think is you know retail's dying because people are downloading games and other bits and bobs. I don't want retail to die, but for the hardcore, uh, prolific physical game buyer like myself. Mm -hmm. You go in, you go in GameStop, or in the UK they've got a, it's a different company, but it's a very similar setup called Game. Mm -hmm. 
and a lot of the stores are tired sadly mm-hmm. a lot of the stores are trying to lever off funko pops of of gaming or geek culture they're selling all sorts of tat you know like thumb covers thumb mm-hmm. grip covers and all that ramel and 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 yeah it, it's hard for them because you can go on amazon and get it delivered to your house sometimes that day yeah for five dollars less than they've got to sell it for because they've got to pay for business rates they've got to pay mm-hmm. for the tax they've got to pay the staff that are in the store that are going to serve you and ask you how you are now for many years they'd then try and force your arm up your back and say oh no you need a guide for that game and they try and sell you yeah. a guide and 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 to be fair and insurance and the you know disc insurance mm-hmm. you know forever scratch disc insurance and console repair insurance and Funko Pop spill damage insurance and uh, you know it, it it's all out there and I feel sorry for them because they were trying to add the value adds because they're probably selling the games as a lost leader to get you in to buy mm-hmm. so they could then sell you some of the other tat and and I feel for anyone in retail because it's hard because people Retail's always expect tough, people always expect the very highest premium level of service yet they want to pay the least for it or they'll just yeah. go to Amazon and it's like I well, agree now, to me, video game physical edition collecting is probably going to start to be a little bit like uh, vinyl. You know, you're going to want to play it on original hardware. <clears throat> if they could start having pristine used uh, Mega Drives or get Genesis's boxed on shelf with the selection mm-hmm. of some of the best games, genuine original games as well, not repros, with the original box art, nice condition for you to peruse and buy yeah. all the leads and a, and a guru to advise you how to plug in your snares, how to plug in your Mega Drive. You can get them loose as well, just all cellophane wrapped, or you can get them in the box. Yeah, I mean that, uh, or and that's the original hardware, or they've got one of those sort of Retron fives where you can play them all, yeah. but there's a little bit of compatibility, but they'll talk you through. They'll advise you, say a young kid walks in and he sees the Mega Drive, he says, well, what's this? And someone says, well, you know, you could take this home, it's X price, and then you could take this game home, it's called Aladdin, I think you'll have a great time with it. You know, the 16-bit, give them a little bit of history lesson, was more like cartoons come to life rather than nowadays where it's, you know, super realistic facial skin tones and textures and all that sort of jazz and give them an education in gaming obviously without covid covid's an issue but maybe have yeah. some consoles in the corner to play on or arcade machines of your which fits in with this week's theme mm-hmm. uh and and then maybe as you say instead of just like the day and date boxed version they'll have a copy of that for sure no problems but they've secured more collector's editions yeah because if you want to see a collector's edition, you could go down there and touch it, feel it, smell it. On Amazon, yeah. you kind of see a picture. If you're buying the game, fine, no problems. But if you want the collector's edition, you want to see how big it is, you want yeah. to see what comes in it, and that sort of stuff. Maybe they could get older ones for more classic games that maybe a bit sought after and, and make it like a, a real, that sort of place. Now, that would probably fail as spectacularly as GameStop and Game are failing right now because people just, you know, whatever. But they've got to try something new. I know you know but- what it's just funny because they used to do like okay on the PS2 era they would have the PS2 games like I said different sections Xbox section but then they also had the retro games they used to, they used to sell Nintendo Super Nintendo and you would see them in like the bins yeah all nicely arranged okay oh my god now you can get PS2 Nintendo there was so many strategy guides. This is all obviously before the internet, I guess, but it was like such a different experience. The thing is at the time, okay, 
they were selling Genesis, they were selling SNES, mm. but Genesis and SNES weren't cool kitsch retro consoles. They were like $1 games that you could yes. buy and they were selling them because they probably just had rooms full of them and didn't know what to do with them. So instead, I because I, I was thinking this as I went on my passionate speech about what I think game and GameStop should be. Mm-hmm. but And I was thinking, well, they used to do that, but they didn't do that when these games were sought after collectibles. They did that when it was bric-a-brac they were trying to get rid of. Yeah. Now, they could reposition themselves as you know sellers of high quality because you go on eBay and you get a copy of Genesis game or a Mega Drive game or a SNES game and you think, well, that looks nice and it comes in the box of fake. Yeah. And you open up the actual cart and it's a repro and you're like, oh no, you know, mm-hmm. what's going on? Whereas they could vet against all that and possibly provide some insurance to say that if a repro does sneak through, no issues, we'll, we'll hook you up immediately with a replacement of, of similar quality and we'll vet whether the box is genuine, we'll vet whether the label's genuine. Not grading it to put it in a box and never play it sort of drivel, which I detest in gaming. Yeah, and yeah. I detest it with toys as well because they're meant to be touched, filled, held and played with. But, yeah, that's my, that's my take on it. I would yeah. love to see a reinvention of GameStop and bring it back to like where gamers love to go to try stuff out and talk about gaming. My problem is, at least in our in our local shop over here, they, the people they hire don't play video games. So when you that, ask them, hey, what's good, they just say, oh, yeah, it's a good game because that's what they heard, right? Yeah. They could change up the interview process a little bit. We have like a little bit of knowledge. Like, okay, I know you need a job. Jobs are scarce. I need one. I'll take one. But it's nice to know that, yeah, like you play. Well, it'd be better if, it, to me, if the person that they're employing doesn't know anything about gaming or not, that's fine. But they can train them. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, or some kind of program. I'm like, yeah, here's a little bit of knowledge. Yeah. You so know? you you manage you employ a manager, and they mm-hmm. are a gamer that has some knowledge. You also employ a guy that goes around and educates people on the history of Sega, yeah. Nintendo, and they try and impart that, but with passion. So yeah. that when you're speaking to someone, they're like, oh, you know what? I've only I've only been here a month, but I've been on the training course, and and I know it sounds a bit fake, but I've played this. Mm-hmm. Aladdin, and I can vouch for it. It is, it's great. I mean, considering 16 bits and all that other ramel, it, it's great. And if you mm-hmm. want to take that home today, 13 year old with 150 bucks from Christmas burning a hole in your back pocket, and you want a box Genesis and you want this game, yeah, yeah, I can recommend it. Or you could get a Retron 5. Oh, what's that? Well, you can play Snares, uh, Genesis, Mega Drive on it. You can do the whole bag of tricks. Oh, that's actually a better deal. Yeah, okay, that's that. You're sorted. You can plug your original controller in if Dad's got one yeah. kicking around. Educate them a little bit more. I, I think the whole, it, you know, if if you go into like a a DVD record CD store, they're not experts anymore. It's the same as if you go into a mom and pop, as you call it here in the states. Oh man, they'll even tell you like what best hardware to play this on exactly because this and then like you're like really and like yeah i i had this my whole life boom 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 even a candle store i love candles i like yeah. candles evil has candles boom when you go into like bath and body works the local can well not local but it's all over america but we have one here it's like oh i want a new scent you know they this scent just came out right but they train the employees here here's a candle take it home how do you like it what are your thoughts on it so now when you say, hey, I'm looking for something sweet, boom, 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 boom. Meanwhile, mm. they're training them. 
who knows about candles? They don't. They just learn. In GameStop, they do the same like you said. Train them a little bit. You have a little bit of knowledge, so you sound like you know what you're talking about, mm-hmm. rather than oh yeah, I heard it was an awesome game. Oh, did you hear it was an awesome game, or do you yeah. know it's an awesome game? It's a huge difference. And 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 I know it's a little bit you know retail space is precious and all that, but and I know loads of people. There's coffee shops everywhere, but to have mm-hmm. like a a cafe in the corner that's oh, selling. Bro, don't even talk about that. Coffees would... themed oh, on games. I love you it. You know, dude. get yourself a get yourself a Sonic. What's that? Well, that's what we call the espresso. All right, or like a one up mushroom for Mario. Yeah, but as a Woo! as a cake, that yeah, as a muffin. Yeah. Right, perfect. Okay, and you sit there, and they've got some magazines. Some of the oops, you know, there's only like two or three magazines these days, but you've got magazines you can look at that they're just burning as consumables. They're going to get coffee spilt on them. They're not bothered. Okay, but they're there there to read. Wrong. Okay, cabinet. A, a little book section because there's like so many good books about gaming now. Yes. Hardcover coffee table books that people would buy as gifts. Like have some Funko Pops, but not make it look like it's a Funko Pop shop more than yeah. it is games. And then get that whole culture. Maybe even stay open late one night and have like a round robin on a game. Fastest time on Sonic wins a copy of... You see, there's the local... Well, not local, but... So so, so you're not from New York, right? But you, you now you live here. Yeah. So basically, we live in Queens, okay? It, or or I come from the Bronx. And basically, anywhere in New York City, when someone says, "Oh, there's a store in Brooklyn," you might as well just say you're going to New, New, New like to New Jersey, right? Yeah. It's, it's too far for anybody. But literally, there's a store in Brooklyn. I forgot. I think it's called just Brooklyn Video Games. They just do what you said. Every mm-hmm. twice a week, they stay for a competition. They have a bunch of kiosks. They set up like a Street Fighter tournament, a Mortal Kombat tournament. Someone can win either cash money prize or something of X amount of value in the store. And it's like it brings that little community together to go to the store. And the way the store is set up, it's like, bro, this is what GameStop should be doing. Because mm. it's just so more, so more intimate that you feel like I'm buying this from this guy's personal collection rather than the 800th DVD I sold today. They need to bring that back, man. That's just what you described would be the most. I would go there every day. Yeah, but the thing is, would we? Because we're all lazy, and we like the idea of being out. I mean, I, I would. We in Lincoln, where I'm from in the UK, we used to have Gotham Games, and now they didn't do all. Tom didn't do that sort of stuff, you know, competitions and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. There was that sense of. Uh, you know, it's his store. It's his. Uh, and shop. I got to know, and without sounding weird, get got to love Tom. He's on the mm-hmm. Discord now. If you're not mm-hmm. our co-host, Tom, but Tom, I think he calls himself Tapmaster Tom on there now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's no longer trading as Gotham Games, but he's still passionately involved in games, and he's on the Discord, regular contributor. And yeah, he's such a great lad, and he had a deep knowledge of games. You know, you could trot a game under his nose that you thought was obscure, and he'd be like, oh, have we played that before? And I'd be like, oh, no, why? What's it like? Like, well, uh, yeah, if you want it, fine, but it's a bit of a car crash. You'd be like, oh, right, okay, but why? And then he'd tell you why, and you'd be like, yeah, well, I want to play it if it's a, you know, because I'll often pick out games that I've either checked in old magazines that I've got. You know, it was like the, the cover star. You know, a lot of games were the cover stars of magazines, but then sort of failed. And you see it and you're like, I want to give that a go because I want to understand why it didn't review well. I want to understand why it was the cover star. And then I want to understand what all the advertising was around it. You know, a lot of games had big hype trains and then failed. Aliens, Colonial Marines, as an example. 
Mm-hmm. I've got that game and I was going to dust it off. Spoilers for what you're hoping to play and try and critically <laughs> examine it. Like I did with Alpha Protocol in the mm-hmm. early days of the show. Um, and I still owe the listeners a, I've got the notes for it coming out of my ear rolls, but I don't think that's going to be a very popular show. So we, we always go a little bit clickbaity, sadly, but no one wants to listen to an hour and a half deconstruction and reconstruction of Alpha Protocol by uh, uh, Obsidian. But I think it's a fantastic game that just missed greatness by the smallest amount and was just broken down by its parts. Let me explain something to you, okay? Did you ever see The Fog? John Carpenter's The Fog. I may have, but it's... Okay, so in this movie, Adrian Barbeau, who was a knockout in the 80s, okay? She would play, I don't know, smooth jazz or whatever it was the station she played on. Yeah. I can care less about smooth jazz, bro. But the way she described it, I listened to it. With your voice being the Adrian Barbeau of the Unofficial Controller podcast, if you talked about Alpha Protocol for an hour and a half, bro, give me a coffee. I'm going on my couch with a blanket and and hit play. What's wrong with you, bro? I I don't know. I don't. Do it. <laughs> okay. Do it, bro. Well, well, maybe that's one of my New Year's resolutions. You will, at some point in time, get an Alpha Protocol documentary. I think we'll slot it into the normal feature, um, but we'll go we'll go all in on it because there's some. And I'm I've followed and made notes of people on Twitter that were part of making that game, and I was going to try and reach out. I wanted it to be my uh, magnum opus, so to speak. I, you know, it's always been something that's burned away in the back of my head. Maybe that'll be our hundredth episode. Uh, that'll be. <laughs> Ooh, that'd be fire, bro. <laughs> anyway, I think uh, we've deconstructed and reconstructed GameStop, much like RoboCop. Yeah. That's uh, an interesting 80s movie. Another late 80s, early 90s movies is Free Willy. This bit of news, Bobby, Free Philly. What's it all about? Following right widespread consumer backlash, Microsoft released a statement walking back its Friday morning announcement of sweeping price increases for the Xbox Live Gold subscription service. According to details outlined in this morning's announcement, the minimum yearly cost of Xbox Live Gold would have soared from 60 to 120 bucks. But Microsoft posted an update to its announcement in which it appeared to reverse course, stating, we messed up today and you were right to let us know. The update read, connecting and playing with friends is a vital part of gaming and we fail to meet expectations of players who count on it every day. As a result, we have decided not to change Xbox Live Gold pricing. In addition, the statement announced that reversing years of, of precedent uh, access to free-to-play games will no longer require an active subscription to Xbox Live Gold. The company will be working to implement that change in the coming months. An active Xbox Live Gold subscription is required to play online games on Xbox consoles and also unlock monthly games with gold. That can be played while the Xbox Live subscription remains active. And until just now, access to -to free-to-play games, the update statement closed with some numbers. If you're an Xbox Live Gold member already, you stay at your current price for renewal. New and existing members can continue to enjoy Xbox Live Gold for the same price as they pay today in the U.S., uh, t- 10 bucks for one month, 25 for three months, and 40 for six months, and 60 bucks for retail 12 months. Mm. Now, that all kicked off on the Discord, our Discord. If you're not following us on there, the link's in the link tree on Instagram or Twitter. Get involved. Um, 
the conversation continues outside of the show. Uh, sometimes even I climb down the tree and post a comment. I even I, I normally just watch silently in the background. Like I go in the What You Can Eat page and see what mm-hmm. people are eating and see what Adam's made. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Bro, that guy can cook, dude. Thing is, I like to see what people are making, but it makes me hungry. Mm-hmm. Then I just yeah. go and feast on bread and butter <laughs> or a white roll from the from the bodega and the bodega bro yeah with with carry gold cheese oh beautiful but um i mean what can we say about this obviously they've spent some money recently they've dived into Mm -hmm. uncle uh uncle bill gates's pocket and took out a a rather considerable loan of seven billion to help bolster their studios by buying they didn't just buy an upcoming studio no 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 Xbox don't do that. Microsoft don't do that. No, they bought Bethesda. Huge. Big investment. Massive. Yeah. Awesome news. But that costs. Ridiculous amount of money. Dude. Now, I've always been a bit nervous about games as a service. People know that I like to collect physical media. Mm-hmm. Uh, in yeah, you mean time, both. When the internet breaks down, I can still get my console out, dust it off, plug in the game, and I can play it. Okay. Fair enough. There's going to be some counter-arguments there about, oh, well, it needed a patch day one. and Yeah, but something's playable on that disc, and I own it, okay? With games as a service, you never own the game. You own a license to it. It can be revoked at any time. The game can come off the service, come back later on, you know, whatever. Yeah, something gets bought out or whatever. Yeah, or they've got licensed tracks in there that they no Mm -hmm. longer have the license for, so either the tracks get pulled or the whole game gets savaged. That's one issue I have with it. Secondly, it seems to me like they were hoping to get away with this and no one would mind because Games Pass is such a good deal that people would go, yeah, I'll just pay the extra 10. But obviously, gamers are quite toxic at times, aren't they? And I feel like this this positive in the toxic pool. There's also a lot of uh, clickbaity YouTubers out there that were instantly doing videos on it and just absorbing the clicks yeah. and loving it. You know, oh, look at this hypocrisy. We're in, a, we're in a lockdown. We can't go anywhere. We can't do anything. Look at get look at Xbox, the devil. Okay? Like it, love it, loathe it or hate it. Although we see games as works of art, these are companies all vying for money out of our pockets. Now, mm-hmm. they can't continue. We've said many times, and the evidence even presented by Phil himself is that Games Pass loses money. Okay, So I feel they were trying to get people off Games for Gold at 60 bucks, make that price really untenable to the point where you go, well, if I'm paying that, I might as well pay this and go to that. At which yeah. point, they would delist Games for Gold. Then when everyone's on Games Pass and they've bought or they've invested in the ecosystem, they've got two or three games, they've got games that they would have bought from the shop but can't buy, then once they've got everybody there, they can start cranking up the money. Now, I call it a Trojan horse, and I know a lot of the Xbox fans, oh, don't speak like that, you know, they're they're pro-consumer, this, that, and the other. They're not pro-consumer. No games company's pro-consumer. Sony isn't pro-consumer. Nintendo's not pro-consumer. Microsoft... Especially Nintendo. Microsoft are pretending to be pro-consumer because that's the wave that they're surfing at the moment, right? It's getting them... I've, for many weeks, I've gone and said Games Pass is a great deal. If you're looking at getting a console, unless you're invested in Sony's ecosystem, get an Xbox Series S, get Games Pass, knock yourself out. Yeah, 100%. If you've got a kid, so I want a next-gen console, Xbox Series S, Games Pass, knock yourself out. All right? Fair enough. It's a great deal. Um, But 
it's the start of the rot. Like Netflix, the beginning of this year, they put their price up. Yeah. Everyone's on lockdown. They've probably got more people subscribing and watching than they've ever had. They put the price up. Okay. They've been, they need to make money. Xbox need to pay back Uncle Bill. Mm-hmm. If if they weren't part, if Xbox was a standoff spanoff company that wasn't part of Microsoft, it would have failed a console ago. Now that's Microsoft not me. Money. That's not hate. That's not. That's just the bare economic facts. Yeah. I mean, how right? can you how can you sustain that? Right? You can't. You no. Can't. And and there would be some great systems and some great games and some great innovations by Microsoft just lost to the history books like Sega. But because they are part of Microsoft, this this experiment continues mm-hmm. on. Um, and, and to me, this, I, you know, I want to stay positive, you know, every console has its benefits. It's got all consoles have got some great games to be a real gamer. You've really got to have every single one of every single thing that's out there and play every single game on every single format. And then you really are a full gamer. Um, but this to me, it just felt like they were, they, they thought they'd dip the toe in the water. They got, they got, they get kicked back. Oh, all right, mm-hmm. okay. We'll dress this up as like you've told us we've made a mistake. We're gonna because it's hurt them twice. Yeah. Because before little Johnny had to buy Xbox Live Gold to play Fortnite with his mates. Mm-hmm. Now, bonus, he gets to play Fortnite or Warzone for free. Yeah. So they've they've not only retracted that initial. Uh, clause they've actually given away probably a vast majority of their online play for free yeah think about how many free-to-play games there are on each system yeah you don't have to buy anything so those are just users that are not even adding to the value no right so that's that's gone but i'll tell you what i guarantee you that playstation and xbox are going to go up in service because they yeah. got the PS5 now, they got the Series S, Series X now. So they're going to add value. They're going to increase it for sure. There's no mm. way it's going to stay at this price. No. It has to go. As you as the games get better and better, they're going to want more and more money. Well, a top tip, I think I'm subscribed to PSN till like 2023, but a top tip um, that uh, Retro Gamer Thomas came out with, it applies to all uh, consoles. It's not just the PlayStation. It applies to Xbox and um, Switch. When Black Friday goes up, they discount uh, PSN, Xbox Live, Gold, and uh, Nintendo Online by mm-hmm. a vast amount. So you can get 12 months for, damn, damn near six months money, okay? Yeah, every time I see a sale, I, I buy it, boom, and I add it. Snap. And that's how you mitigate this. And yeah. I think even if they'd put it up to 120 and there'd been rumblings, but no one, it didn't really, you know, because it was trending on it was trending on Twitter and it was a pylon. And I hate pylons. We've seen them on games, Cyberpunk, yeah, Last of Us. It's ridiculous. And, and they threaten got, people. What are you threatening people for, man? Exactly. And Xbox got piled on big time. And I mm-hmm. felt sorry for them because at the end of the day, they're trying to... And I think this is pretty much what was going on. They were trying to flick people off gold and flick them onto games pass mm-hmm. and, but also and, look at what they're offering for the amount of money it's great but bro 50 percent increase that's insane again if you're a casual player on xbox who played warzone but didn't buy 
who didn't have games pass and maybe bought a couple of games a year maybe you know red dead came out i'll buy that because everyone's mm-hmm. buying it you know skyrim or whatever came out i'll buy that because everyone's buying it you play it you dip in and out and eventually over the course of the console's life you finish the game you're like yeah that, that's brilliant grand theft mm-hmm. auto comes out yeah brilliant okay for that player to get games pass like yeah they're getting their hand on an all-you-can-eat buffet but they only eat salad. Yeah. So it's a complete waste of cash Yeah. compared to what they would normally buy. Um, but Xbox Live Gold at 60 bucks it is tenable for them to play COD with their mates. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's like I say, I don't like a pile on. They got piled on and I, that got my back up because they're a company. They're just trying to make some money at the end of the day. And a lot of the pylon comes from people trying to make their name on social media. I know, in a way, by talking about it, we're part of the problem. But I'm trying to, yeah. I'm trying to show a mirror to the problem rather than getting, you know, then just gonna, hype on the on the problem train. Yeah, we're not going to call this show like Microsoft are the devil and they put yeah, the price no, up and, and it's you know, I wouldn't. I mean, it's going to happen. The price is it's bound to happen, right? So uh, since they bought Zenimax, you can you can imagine as Elder Scrolls Six starts to become something. Mm-hmm. Or the next Fallout, mm-hmm. you're gonna see, especially with Halo, they might do a little increase again, but in a small increment. Well, they've they've got the fingers burnt, so now they've got to put it up a dollar every other amount. couple of yep. months, haven't they? Yep. Yeah, over time, they'll get there. Mm-hmm. They'll get exactly where they want to be. They're a corporate. I mean, PlayStation Plus was fifty, right? Now it's sixty. It's ten bucks. Yeah, ten bucks a month for every user is a huge amount of money. It is. It's just ten bucks. Uh, sixty bucks increase is just insane. So yeah. I, I'd be furious too about the PlayStation guy, or even Nintendo. It's twenty bucks Nintendo. They wanted forty now. First yeah, of all, what are you what are you even offering on Nintendo? Well, you get access to the virtual console on Nintendo. Yeah, you do. I mean, but probably everybody who's a really, or gamer probably already has those games. It's a lot of like SNES Ramble, a lot of yeah. Ramble, so you're not really offering you know. anything special. It's just. The basic Nintendo games you would probably already have, or have and I, already I played. see Nintendo as a real starter system or a starter company. I don't like play really Nintendo games anymore because they, they don't give me the the the, the satisfaction I, I probably want. But you know, as a as a young kid, you get that. You can play Fortnite. You can play the Mario games, two D and three D, whatever. I, I sometimes look at that virtual console offering, and I'm thinking, <sighs> it's empty. It's going to get this. They're going to go, oh, look, you know, Donkey Kong on the SNES. Let's mm-hmm. play it. Well, that looks kind of cool compared to the other Mario games that are on here. It, it's achingly difficult at 16-bit. They haven't got the patience for it. It hasn't got the continues. It hasn't got the save state. So it maybe does, but, you know, they're not they're not what I would call modern gamer-friendly. So it's bar not. a curiosity, and the fact that Nintendo have already made money out of these a million years ago, that's why they're giving them away. Uh, it's a it's a bit savage, but uh, yeah. So I don't want to be part of the pylon. It is part of a major of a of, of a major plan that they've probably had to. I guarantee you, Friday night, Uncle Phil was preparing a a, a PowerPoint slideshow to Uncle Bill Gates about his recovery plan about how he's going to earn this money back if he can't do it this way. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. This 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 guy is very smart. Yeah. He's he, no he's fool. savvy. They they he knows what they've, he's doing. Um, they can spin things up to make them, we messed up today and you were right mm-hmm. to let us know. That's a very honest way of putting it. And then Phil connecting... has the gift of gab. He does. Yeah. He can talk his way out of a lot. Thing of things, is, bro. he's got 
there is a bit of sentiment with it, but this sounds like the sort of this sounds like the sort of uh, a media span. Connecting and playing with friends is a vital part of gaming, and we fail to meet expectations of players who count on it every day. That sounds like it's been prepared by a media company. Hundred percent. But there's ways, like for example, if you have a nice vocabulary, right? Yeah. You could say the most basic sentence with bigger words and sound like, wow, bro, that was awesome. Meanwhile, you and me are like, oh, yeah, I could do that, you know, with regular words. And then we sound like just regular people. <laughs> just the regular dudes. Podcast. Yeah. So the way he could speak, it's like, wow. That's just, look at, for example, our Governor Cuomo. Great speaker, bro. Mm-hmm. Right. Is he saying half the stuff that he wants is true? Who knows? But it sounds great when he says it. <laughs> so you believe it more. You it feels like oh wow he had this this master plan and he said it so eloquently. I be, I believe it. Meanwhile, all he said was making a peanut butter jelly sandwich. Yeah, you know. Well, with that all done, we couldn't really do the news without having a little bit of ninty news. It's time to sheath your sword. The Pokemon Company appears to be getting ready to lay down the law all over again, what's been described as a new band wave. According to Serby.net, Naughty users of Pokemon Sword and Shield and Pokemon Home are the targets with some players on notice for using altered data, while others are causing issues by impairing the functions of games and apps for other users. Players who are caught with modified save data will be banned from using trading features and will no longer have access to Home. It follows an agreement in terms of service prohibiting modification of save data. Save data modification, for example, can include adding Pokemon to the game that you didn't actually catch. Bans can either be temporary or permanent, and the Pokemon company built plans to take the same course of action in the future. It'll also put more measures in place if required. This isn't the first time it's done something, something like this either. It's previously dished out bans of players who were deliberately disconnecting from online battles. So the Pokemon company trying to protect its brand, trying to protect its services. Um, Nothing really wrong there, but, you know, it's news as far as I'm concerned. Let people know. If you are one of those naughty players, stop it immediately. Actually, you mm-hmm. won't be able to play your favorite game. If you are playing your favorite game and cheating, you're actually cheating yourself, aren't you? It's true. I don't understand. I never understood that. Like, even, for example, let's just use Animal Crossing. Because I don't really know about Pokemon besides collecting cards and beating other Pokemon. Animal Crossing is pretty generic. Okay, you start off with nothing. And then each day you play... You gain and gain and gain. And eventually, as you keep playing, you'll get the better stuff. Mm-hmm. There are people who fast forward in time to get everything and then reverse time to their current date. And now you have the biggest house. You have all the bridges, this, that. What is the point? Right? I mean, so now you've gone 100% in the game. What is there left to do? Mm, so the game of- is essentially over. Yeah. So in a game like that, where you take your time, play a couple hours a day, next day you're, oh, good, I can do this tomorrow. It's okay, put it down, next. I don't understand what's the point of, like, cheating. Yeah, I've What does that do really... for you? I don't get it. I like... think maybe as a youngster, I was a little bit more into cheating, you know, when games are a bit tougher, I'd put a code in, a god code. Yeah, but I mean, that's a but... totally different thing. Yeah, I'm just trying to, but nowadays, you know I, mean? I just don't, you know, I've paid, Normally, I mean, yeah, I'm buying one pound, one dollar PS3 games. Don't get me wrong, but you know, when I do buy a full price game, I do want, you know, I I really have no. Imagine getting Cyberpunk, then fast forward into the ending, and then being that's like, what yeah, I'm saying, or you got okay, the best gun in the beginning of the game. That's it, done. 
I'm moving on. Like, hang so on what's a minute. the point then? What, what did you? What do you even buy it for? Yeah, it's strange, but uh, like Game and, Genie. Which well, these, means, you know, like all right, is it cheating? Yeah, but at least you're having fun with the game now. I can do this, this, and that. I could actually beat the game and when, see what the ending was. When cheats were cheats and not DLC. Yes. <laughs> Uh, well, I just thought I'd lob that in there. As, uh, we've had uh, two great conversation pieces and, and one sort of interesting conversation piece. The other thing about Pokemon is people attach value to these. You know, there are sort of sites that you have to go on to pay someone money, real money, to get their sort of leveled up Mewtwo. There are people that trade. So cheating and save data modification probably means that they get access to these things when they shouldn't, which they then monetize yeah. through selling sites. Well, which... I'll tell you something else. They sold, remember, I think it was like, I don't know, World of Warcraft, one of those games. They would sell accounts mm-hmm. for like massive amounts of dollars. That's also illegal. Yeah. But it people is. would sell actual, so in Animal Crossing, it's called bells. People on eBay would sell their bells for real money. So they will go to your island. You pay them 20 bucks on eBay. They log on. They go into your island and drop their bells from their pocket until you got the money that you ordered and then go, you know, again, that's just cheating. Why don't you just play the game like it's intended to play? Then having everything on your island. Imagine having a Christmas tree in July because you fast-forwarded and you spoiled all of the cool uh, you know, festivities of the game. Because you want it now. I mean, then don't then just play play something else. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Strange. Well, question, Bobby, and no doubt we did. Did we miss anything? Do you have an opinion or take on the news that we missed? Do you want to get in touch with me and say, George, your rant about Xbox was uncalled for. It was it was misplaced. It was mistimed during the coronavirus. We need we need we need we need online services to keep us from going insane. And who are you to uh, have an opinion on that? You dirtbag. If they want to, and no doubt they will, if you want to get in contact with me and let me know that I'm a, a, I owe uncle Phil an on air apology next episode. How would they get in contact with me and let me know um, that I need to ring up uncle Phil and uncle Bill and beg for forgiveness on bended knee. They can contact us on Twitter. They can slide to the DM on Instagram. Mm -hmm. They can hit us up at our official email at questions at unofficialcontrollerpodcast.com or you can join the Discord and ask us there as well. Wonderful. Another question for you. I think Mm -hmm. I've already asked you this, but I'm going to ask again. Mm. There's loads of podcasts out there, okay? Most of the really decent ones, which I, I like to think we pump out a show that is of... The highest quality. We joke. We joke around and we say that we're a we're a Mickey Mouse show and all that. But we always try and make sure the quality is as high as we can get it. The news is as hot as we can get it, and the features as good as we can we can manage. Some days we do more uh, listener centric ones like this week's. Other ones we go off and we do some proper typing on a proper keyboard and do a journalistic take on something or other, gaming wise. Those shows normally ask for support financially. Do we? No. Yeah, but surely to interact with the community, there has to be just a little charge, a dollar a month or something? No. So it's all free? 100% free. That's insane, Bobby. Yeah, it is. It's free. You don't need an Xbox Gold or PS Plus or Nintendo Online. It's just free. Just free. That's 
startlingly good value. And it's probably why I was on a four-hour call to El Buccio at Zoot Max Media trying to justify, much like Uncle Phil is to Uncle Bill, why Why did I get this podcast in the first place, George? Are you going to give everything away? I'm running speedboat runs between here and Florida 16 times a day at gunpoint with the Coast Guard to pay for this and Pauline Quirk's food bill on Birds of a Feather, the remake. Why, George, quite frankly, am I am I running the risk? I don't I don't know Uncle El Buccio, but I, I I I you know, maybe I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know. So what have you done this week? Have you organized any sponsorship deals? Uh, no. I think they sort of they're not really respectful of the listener's time. He got angry. He said a load of Mexican <laughs> swear words, okay? And I'm glad that it was on Zoom because I felt like if it had been in real life, I'd be missing a limb. He knows people that know people, Bobby. And I'm a little concerned they might come a knocking at this rather expensive apartment in New York that he pays for. Um, so keep keep your eye on the door. Don't let anyone in that you don't trust. Anyway, with that rant all said and done, thank you to everybody that joins us on the Instagram, joins us on the Twitter, and joins us on the Discord. If you're not following us on any of those social medias, you're missing out on the show what it's got to offer, what it can give you, and the community and friendliness that this show has gathered around it. It's the feature, Bobby. We've arrived at what some call the meat of the show. We call it the feature. This week, it's a listener memory special, as well as we're probably going to wheel in with a memory or two. This week, it's arcade memories. Now, Ed, Really, apart from sort of in the UK especially, seaside places that are starting to look a little bit old, a little bit tired. But back in the day, arcades were everywhere. Before home gaming consoles became so prevalent, this was somewhere you went to play and see the best graphics, the best gameplay known to man. You were gathered around, you know, me and you, Bobby, we're the younger generation, or I like to pitch us as the younger generation. We were knee height to a grasshopper. And some of the bigger boys, they might have been smoking cigarettes even. These arcade machines even had ashtrays built in. Okay. They were stood there, hadouking the living bells out of people on Street <laughs> Fighter. Okay. They were ripping people's spinal columns out on Mortal mm. Kombat 1 and 2. They were chowing down on chickens out of bins in Final Fight. As we sat there. Now, sometimes I would even get bored of watching the bigger boys and go over to one of the lesser known machines that was empty and unloved. And my parents probably were just trying to get past this arcade without me getting sucked in like iron filings to a magnet, Bobby. But I was in there. And because I wasn't allowed to play, I would hammer around on the joystick pressing the buttons. And I didn't even put any money in. You know <laughs> <laughs> a little bit like when Tom let us play the console without the controllers plugged in and yeah. told us what good boys we were. Now, these places were wonderment. You know, some of the real high-quality establishments had, like, neon 80s carpet that just... Like, mm -hmm. Yeah, there was the odd spot of chewing gum on there because it was a, a frequent haunt for a teenager. But normally, you walked in there, they had that, that blue hue neon light going on. You saw the massive marquee sides of these arcade cabinets. There was all sorts of stuff in there. You could be a fighter pilot, right? You yeah. could be a cross-country car driver. You could be an international karate sportsman. You could even be 
a basketball, baseball, or American football hero, all in for the cost of 20 cents, Bobby. Yeah. Now, these places, they are a, a gathering of teenagers and mystique. As I say, a place where the bigger boys went that you wanted to aspire to be with. Let me... That was all from the hip. I don't know where it came from. But uh, wonderful. <laughs> Bobby, before we dive into our listeners' memories, I'd like you to regale me your arcade memory or memories. And I have so many because I just lived in the arcade as a kid. It seemed like whoever babysat me while my parents weren't around, first thing we did, boom, arcade. I, maybe just a way because it's less issue to babysit a kid when they're already occupied by an arcade machine than actually yeah. being home with them. Yeah. You know? So I remember my Uncle Tom, you know, he, he passed away a couple years ago, but he used to uh, take me there. This is back in the like late 80s, early 90s. I mean, 20 bucks, bro, was a massive amount of money. Okay? And he gave me 20 bucks, and I, and I had to go to the machine, get my quarters, and play some of the games. The issue was a lot of these, like you said, the big boy games, you had the big boys on them. I really couldn't get a chance to play some of them I wanted to. So I play like, you know, the, the smaller games, but I, I love beat em ups. So that's my go to. Uh, I wasn't really too much of a fighting guy unless I had a couple friends and we play like Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat together. Because then you would get some kid from random say, hey, can I play? Yeah, sure. He'd throw a quarter in and beat you in 20 seconds. I'd lost a quarter. But I'd rather not lose a quarter that way. I'd rather lose a quarter because I couldn't pass anything. So beat em ups were just the most easiest thing. Because even if a stranger came on, like X-Men, yeah. for example, we had the six-player arcade. Oh. All right, I got three friends. Now someone else got three friends or two strangers, whatever, come on. And you have the whole X-Men team destroying Sentinels. And it was just an amazing experience. Like the sounds, the carpet. This place I went to was in uh, Yonkers on Central Avenue. So it was like, you know, maybe 20-minute 20, 20 ride from my house in the Bronx at the time. Mm-hmm. And we go around lunch. Isn't and it's was the I don't know the name of the arcade. I don't even know if it had a name. It was just in this place called Nathan's. So it was like a hot dog spot. Yeah. So they do hot dogs, chili, you know, cheese fries, whatever. You go there, eat, and then once you finish eating, whatever, you go in the back, or you don't have to eat, just go into the back. That's and that's, it has this huge. That's what I wanted machine. my American New York experience to be, but because of COVID, we've <laughs> not I even know. been out of the apartment. We well, I've been down know. to the bodega, and sometimes that's I have the queue just to get. Uh, the blooming uh, candy bar. So, hey, boss. <laughs> candy so, bar mean, for me. I'm working on the New York accent, by the way. It's coming. You're on. getting. It's gonna happen, bro. It's gonna happen. So we were in there for what seems to me like hours playing games, and I remember uh, when they just dropped an additional uh, Golden Axe arcade game because th- they only had one, and it was so packed you couldn't even play it. And I remember wanting to play it. I remember some big kids pushed me off it. Um, I, got, I got upset. So now here I go back into the corner and I'm playing like Galaga. Who wants to play Galaga? I want to play the Punisher. I want to play. All these games were taken. Mm-hmm. So my uncle was like, hey, how come you didn't play that game? I'm like, oh, because he pushed me off. These kids pushed me off. They were like teenagers, you know? I was like, mm-hmm. what, uh, nine, ten? Yeah. And I couldn't really reach. I had, I had a milk crate. They gave me milk crate to play and stand on it. And then he was like, well, which one did you want to play? My Uncle Tom is not tough. And my Uncle Tom was a smooth, you know, dude. He was, like, super chill. So I was like, well, I'll tell him to get off. I'm like, no, you're not. 
Because when my father got somebody off, it was very colorful words. And they would get scared and just get the hell out of the way. Mm-hmm. My Uncle Tom was not like that. I'm like, well, I want to play Golden Axe. You know? I was like, okay, let's go, let's, go, let's go play Golden Axe. He walked over to the kids and said, hey. And they said, hey. And he just let out an, an, the most stinkiest fart you can ever imagine. Just let it rip, bro. These kids, oh, my God. And they, they were disgusted. Some of them coughed. Hey. And away. It was nasty, bro. <laughs> He's like, there you go, kid. Go play. Now I'm happy that I got to play Golden Eyes for the first time. But I had to smell this, which never went away, apparently. The fart. It was just always on that system. That's how stinky this fart was, bro. It was disgusting. But that's what he would do. Every time I wanted to play a game and I couldn't really play it, he'd just go over there and fart on kids. Do that wow. now. Do that now in 2021. You're probably going to get shamed for it on social media and then an internet pile on. 100%. So that's what we used to do. And then that was growing up as a kid. Unfortunately, it's closed. It's just the drive-in Nathan's now that's gone. Mm. All the arcades, like we had a, when I was like, you know, young adult, you know, early, early, late teens, really. We used to play pool at the billiards hall. And they had a few, not a lot, but they had a few arcade machines. Then that eventually closed down. Then we went to a place in Yonkers called New Rochelle, and it's New Rock City. And this was the first time I ever played an arcade game. No more quarters. You had a card, and you just preload the card. So it wasn't it wasn't the same because you, you want to put quarters in, but either way, you're still playing it. They had loads of games, man. But it was like a it wasn't the nicest neighborhood, but in that little area, everyone was a nerd, so it didn't really matter. Mm. And they had games that I never even heard, saw or heard of from like imported, like from Japan. Like, wow. you know, I never played some of the Japanese beat em ups because we didn't have them over here and they had them over there. So I just love going to the arcade. It was just total different experience than playing with your friends in your house than going there and meeting a stranger, which would be the online version now. Yes, and then him talking, hey, listen, kid, I'm about to do a Hadouken. And then like, oh, wow. And he would teach you. You would learn. You would talk, meet new friends. Yeah. Total awesome experience, man. Well, we, we asked you wonderful people uh, to message in and using various different social media platforms. You got in touch. I implore you to keep your eye out for the post of the week. And uh, we then that's going to incorporate that into the feature over on Twitter. As always, first out the gates, uh, we've got Mr. Pumpkin, uh, who's known on Twitter as at Mr. Pumpkin. He says, my arcade memories of when we used to go to Skegness, and that's a, a seaside town in Lincolnshire. It's prevalent with arcades even to this day. He said, all those lights and sounds, my favorite was Time Crisis 2. That's the other thing, the the light gun game. It's died a bit of a death because of modern TVs, but obviously back in the day, if you had a CRT, you could get a, a Sega Menacer or mm-hmm. a Super Scope for your Nintendo, or you could go gun cons and, and various third-party knockoffs for the other gun games that are on PlayStation 2 and, and, and PS1 and Xbox and all that, House of the Dead. You could bring it home. But um, the place to go back in the day was the arcades to play these gun games. Now, I remember going back as far as sort of like Operation Wolf and uh, stuff like that. Do you remember Operation Wolf? I sure do. Now, I believe there's a a VR version of that or similar. I think it's called Warcade. I might be wrong. On PSVR, and I believe it's on Oculus as well. Um, 
but yeah, I implore everyone to check that out because Operation Wolf, I had it on my um I had it on my Atari ST where you used the mouse instead of a gun because it was like a home oh, computer. Wow. Uh and I think it had a sequel called Operation there was Operation Wolf and there was Operation Thunderbolt. I don't know which way round they came out, but they were still uh fantastic. Do you remember the first gun game you played in the arcade? It probably either Time Crisis or um I don't know the name of the game, but it was like actual real people, and uh, it was different settings. I think there was like they were in the in the Western thing. There was like a oh. urban cop, but they were real people and like actors. Matt Dog McCrees, something like that. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. But you had a gun and yeah. you shot the real people, and they would go oh and fall back. Yeah, and it would play like a like almost like a different like a DVD game. Yes, sort of thing. it would yes. load the different scenes. Yeah, and absolutely. then that was popular. Then next to that, they put Time Crisis, and then really that was the death of that game. They they removed that cabinet and put two they put two Time Crisis games back to back. Wow! And I remember playing that game and then shooting off screen, killing the people. Me and my friend. Yeah, and then some cool like I don't know some older teenager was like, "Bro, just shoot it. Sh- just put the gun and shoot your hand. It reloads faster." Oh, I was course. like, "What do you mean?" He was like, yeah, while you shoot in the air to reload, just shoot your hand. Like, put your hand in front of the gun and shoot it. Once he told us that, that was almost like cheating. I was like, chick, 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 and I put my hand in front of the gun and keep shooting. It was like a machine gun now. <laughs> it was awesome. Wow. But it's, uh, Who needs know, to duck? You don't need to duck when you have a freaking machine gun. You know what I mean? Oh, that kid is like my new hero. That I want a t-shirt. I want an unofficial controller t-shirt of the... The silent gunsmith with his hand over the end of Bro, his pistol. It was just so cool. He came out of nowhere too. Like, why are you why are you shooting the air for? I'm like, who's this guy? You know? Just shoot your hand. Let's Put pretend he was dressed hand. in Western gear as well. I was like, wow, bro. That's a uh, game changer. Also on Twitter, Ectological. He calls himself at real ectological. What did he have to say, Bobby? He said, growing up, our local bowling alley had primal rage, and I would park there and burn through my parents' twenty dollars. For bowling and snacks. <laughs> it's true. They, they gave him money for food and he yeah. blew it all on gaming. Fair play to him. Uh, yeah. There's a there's another man here, Bobby, and I think uh, El Buccio's going to go even deeper in debt because he's a, or he or she, I don't know, but new, new listener. listener. Panton Van Ansland, a.k.a. PVA Paint. Dude, I just finished all my school allowance off for the week playing final f- school lunch allowance for the week playing final fight and double dragon two. Haha, <laughs> He laughs. He got carried away, got married. Wife and I have been friends for seven years before dating. Our dates always ended up in the arcade trying to finish Jurassic park and dead storm pirates law. Now awesome. my, my best dates have always been based around with my current squeeze mm-hmm. based around arcade machines uh, trips to seaside haunts to play arcade cabinets, arcade cabinets that you find nowadays almost like relics in in temping bowling alleys. Yeah, uh, so there's something cool about sucking on a milkshake. I'm saying milkshake, sucking on mm-hmm. a milkshake uh, with some pounds or dollars in your back pocket that you've gone to the change machine and got turned into 20 senses and you're pumping into these aged machines or even like some of the more new modern arcades that are like half decent but the, mm-hmm. the coin ops aren't around as much as they used to be nah. and you know you're pumping them in you're playing a game and you know a lot of the ones that i find now in arcades they're kind of like more like gimmicky and they give you these tickets that you then convert into a prize but you need like four thousand tickets just to get a normal pound prize and it's like 
I'd rather just play a proper video game here than play whack-a-mole and get a, a row of tokens that I can go buy. A, you know, I need 4,000 yeah. of these tokens to go get a, a baby Ruth candy bar. It's I never care for those. I never care for those. No. That was a waste of my time. On Insta, C. Pliskin, he's, uh, he obviously loves the title we've given him because he says, who's ready for their weekly filling of Irish beef, eh? This is a tricky one for me, unfortunately. I love that. More of that, please, listeners. Uh, this is a tricky one for me, unfortunately, as I started taking up gaming about two years or so before the Wii, since I was four. So a young listener, so welcome. We adore every single one of you. Meaning I don't have any major recollection. Recollection? What am I saying? Recollection. He always uses the bigger boy words that trip me up, does, uh, as does the Irish beef Pliskin. Um recollection of arcade spaces during their height or decline so kind of a cheat let me talk briefly about arcade styled games this is a fantastic angle uh c pliskin an awesome idea he says my earliest memory was playing ssx tricky for the ps2 and being amazed by the look and feel of the title my early heart belongs to this emerald isle but my soul belongs to the geobaldi map from that game and when you consider how intricacy made the majority of the tracks are offering up alternative routes and different shortcuts to take if your observations towards the track design alongside the wider range of characters of different personalities. At least Riggs was possibly my first crush when I was young, lad, as pathetic as that sounds. Let's know. There's nothing wrong with that because these video game girls are hot. Uh, and just overall being a very good pick and play arcade itch, uh, I don't think wasn't um, wasn't matched until I got my Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom three for my PS4 and the original Metal Slug for both that and my Switch, both classics. There, they're still not really my favourite subgenre, but they're still fun to be had with this kind of style and how timeless it is. Well, so much for being brief, <laughs> but now though, I'm going to word uh, I'm going to word an email to EA about a new SSX game. Smiling nervously with teeth emoji. Thank you for that, C. Pliskin. Um, that's a good point because there is a whole generation that really grew up with no real recollection of an arcade as we would remember it. And I'm not talking yeah. your, your holiday um, areas that have these places as a way of giving people something to do, but even local towns had arcades, yeah. even in the UK back in the day. Um, and it's that that they're missing, but there aren't the machines to populate them with. And why are you going to get off your backside and whinge and moan at yeah. mom and pop for five bucks so you can go down the arcade when you can just download the game for two ninety nine and play it on your couch? They're missing out in a way because the the allure of the hot dog and do you spend yeah. money on food and a milkshake or and one game or do you have like five games and have like a 10 cents chocolate bar? It's, it's a tough one. Um, here's a man you've probably got some good memories let us know bobby what's he got to say from and and long time no here and welcome back to the comment fold sir who is it daddy zilla 80 yes he says uh so don't really have any memories at an arcade per se but one of my fondest memories playing an arcade machine is playing luigi's mansion at chuck e cheese with devin zilla we had a blast and i got to experience it with my best bud oh that's beautiful that's cute. isn't it you know that's well awesome. done daddy zilla uh, that Luigi's Mansion I've seen quite I've, I've never played it I've seen a few of the cabinets about um, probably ought to have a go at it really but mm -hmm. uh, I like the fact that he's best buds Devin Zilla Devin Zilla obviously to the to the more frequent list I know that's his uh, daddy Zilla's son 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and even Adam commissioned a piece of art where they were in front of the classic 80s uh, Godzilla's, which I always thought was good. Uh, Tommy UK obviously is allowed a pencil and paper mm-hmm. in his cell. Big Rick's allowed him some of that fine writing paper that Tom normally uses, but because he's in prison, he's got to use a pencil. Tommy UK 73. You might know him as Tom. <laughs> the former co-host of this show. He was here for Christmas on parole. He says, greetings from prisoner 6966. For all those who didn't know what his prisoner tag name was, now you know. You see, he He's, plugged his little fan mail now, you see? Of course. He's going to get... do it. Uh, see Smart guy, bro. Now. Rikers Island, prisoner 6966. He's going to get the mail. He said, "Going now, this is a, this is a memory for me, obviously, because I grew up with Tom, and this local laser quest is where I uh, most frequently... It, picture as an arcade he said going to the local laser quest and playing primal rage on one of the few arcade machines they had there watching a friend spend all his money on a school trip uh, at south mim services as he tried to complete the terminator arcade light gun game and family trips to skegness again that lincolnshire beach resort visiting the beachfront arcades and amusements oh and one last a few years ago seeing an old friend in london and visiting the namco arcade great times yeah there was oh, that's awesome Across the UK, I think in Manchester and London, I'd like someone to write in and try and fill me in on the details about this. There were Sega in in Japan. Obviously, arcades are still big, and people still uh, go there, and and you know they're still big. But in the UK, there were these sort of Sega themed arcades, but massive, two or three floors of arcade cabinets with Sonic mm-hmm. the Hedgehog themed floor, great big Sonic sign outside, Sega, all that rammel. Um, now, we used to have those in the UK, but obviously they got shut down. So it's nice to know whether it's still there or not that Namco have got a similar thing going on down in uh, down in Landon Town in a big smoke, you know, chim chiminy, chim chiminy, chim chim it's uh, sad though that you don't see these no more. But it was definitely a product of the era. Like I tell you what, you don't it. see anymore. Huh. Tom Tom mentions there that laser quest. Now, what was that ma- like? Uh, like laser tag? What was that? Yeah, laser tag. Basically, in Lincoln, I don't think uh, there was this laser quest, and it shut down. And I don't think it was anything after. So this place has been boarded up since, really? available to rent. So it must have all the theming in the back. You went into like a room that was like a dropship from Aliens where you put the pack on. This particular one was well-themed. And the walls, in the early 90s, this place, to a a country boy like me or Tom, I went there when it first opened as well, so it still smelt of fresh paint. And they had a Street Fighter 2 and a Mortal Kombat cabinet. And these things were packed. When you came out the room, there was already people queuing up to play these games. And and laser tag was such a new concept and you were running around. I must have been knee-eye to a grasshopper, you know. And they had like ball pools in there as well that you could sort of dive in. And there was like fog machines in there as well. That's cool. And mirrors. And and, and it, it was amazing. And I'd like to think that if you took the boards down, some obviously without COVID, some entrepreneurial type in Lincoln, I'm looking at you, Boba Labor, decides to jack his job <laughs> in, get a loan and reopen uh, Laser Quest. Yeah, Laser Laser Quest is still a franchise you can buy, so I'm sure you could ring them up and say, I want 20 backpacks with guns, the scoring system. You used to get a little thing. I wish I'd kept mine. It was like a 
a print off. It would tell you how many people you killed. How no way. Killed. Yeah, a little print off to take home. And people used to organize like kids parties there. And, oh, that's dope, dude. You know, we lived, I lived, and I think Tom's maybe a little bit further, but like a, a 15 minute drive from rural England into this very small town, really. Mm-hmm. It's a city, but it's a small town and it's not even a village as far as the States is concerned. Uh, and this place, this laser quest, absolutely awesome so thank you to tom for That's bringing cool. that up uh who's next we got brett himself he goes there was an outstanding arcade in gold in gold mills called Ing- bj's well, now that's pronounced ingamels oh ingamels that's an english thing i guess yeah. <laughs> called bj's on see for us bj's is a major warehouse shopping center um, full of amazing machines, a giant Soul Edge, but also had Vector Star Wars. Wow, plenty yeah. of old time of machines. Sadly, you see less and less old cabinets in the back of arcades now. You do. And other uh, in in other news, BJ's closed and is now a junk shop called Traders of the Lost Ark. So that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I like junk shops though. So yeah, uh, it's a shame. Yeah. Cool name for a shop, Traders of the Lost Ark. That's pretty uh, cool. No, it is sad because you had a Nintendo or, you know, even an Atari, quite possibly, depending, or a Sega or Super Nintendo. Yeah. That's all you had. So the arcade was like the HD equivalent of all this. So mm. it was just awesome. I remember my father, I think it was like my eighth or seventh birthday, we did a bowling party. So he rented the bowling lanes and... You know, it's sad, and I felt bad because there was lots of arcades in the back of the bowling alley. Me and my friends were just there. We didn't even bowl. So all the parents decided just to bowl. So they spent money to rent the bowl, the bowling alley, but they had to give us even more money because we wanted to play the arcade The the weird thing is, though, (laughs) it's just crazy. Bowling alleys have survived, and arcades have died. I I think it's just... Because you already have the games, right? So it's almost like a little nostalgia trip. That's why this this place in Manhattan, there's three of them. It's called Barcade. Mm-hmm. And I went to one with my boy, and we're about the same age. He loves arcades. And we went to one. You know, you could drink alcohol. You're an adult. For some reason, it just didn't hold, like, the memories of what I had with a childhood. I was almost kind of bored of playing the arcade game. Mm. You know, it's it, it's sad to say, like... I couldn't get back into what I used to love about the arcade when I went. I, I think maybe because it's a different themed. I don't know. I think there's something about it that would that back in the day, an arcade had it was the cutting edge of technology. You've got that yeah. on your TV in your front room now. It also had that edgy coolness of it because there was like mid to late teens there as well if you were a yes, young kid yes. you kind of looked up and idolized these people they might have been smoking they might have been swearing they might be being a little bit edgy as an adult you don't obviously all that sort of stuff's on the table so it's not something that feels on the fringes of cool is it you know it's it's like growing up and meeting the Fonz and he's just a motorcycle mechanic you know but to yeah. a teenage kid <laughs> yeah, you know he's yeah, the coolest yeah. guy in town isn't he so I an arcade could set up with the same flooring. It could set up with the same machines, but unless you can capture teenagers and then yeah. through the medium of capturing teenagers by selling them the concept of it's a cool place to go hang and then attracting in the young kids that then become the teenagers that then encourage the young kids to come in and you keep this thing going. Um, 
setting one up as an adult retreat to go to have a few beers yeah you're gonna you're gonna put like 20 cents in the machine have a laugh have a couple of beers and then go to a bar yeah you're gonna be done you know see like i remember we watched t2 yeah and then you know there's an he's in the arcade in one of the scenes yeah our our the arcade we went to nathan's arcade was always packed but i feel like since that movie was aired on you know the arcade machine was extra packed yeah. I'm like so, like Dan. That brought it. That kind of brought it back a little bit. Then it died off again. That, that that's a great time capsule that captures like the feel of what an arcade was like. The lights, the sounds. There were young kids. You know, yep. Eddie Furlong in that looks like a young kid to us. But there was a time we watched that, and Eddie Furlong looked like a bigger boy. Yeah, yeah. Ripping around on that motorbike on, in the edge of cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, doing something with a laptop to get money out of the machine. Then he'd go and that spend was... it in the arcade. You Did know? you ever have slugs? What's that? So my friend, this was when we were like late teenagers. Basically, it's the weight and shape of a quarter, no. but, not a, but not a quarter. Well, we had fake quids, fake pounds, but we never had slugs. Ah, uh, you see? So I guess because it's, you know, how it works, I guess you drop the quarter in, the weight of it would push the lever and then it would start the machine like an inside button on, I guess. Yeah. So, you know, something like that. So anything you put in it wouldn't do it. It would just you know, come back out. But these were almost perfect quarters, and it worked. And I remember my friend gave me some. And we were teenagers. I had a job at the time. It wasn't that much money, but I said, you know, why not? We're, you know, let's do something crazy back then, you know? Mm-hmm. And we got caught. And it wasn't like the owner yelled at us. It was more like, because it was, like I said, it was the age that it was dying. Yeah. It wasn't that packed anymore. And I felt so bad. Because the way he came to us was like, you know, why are you doing that to this machine when I pay for this machine? We're like, hey, you kids, get out, get out. You know, it wasn't like he was like, the way he said it made me feel horrible. So I actually gave him like 20 bucks. Like, you know, I felt so bad. I said, I'm so sorry. I apologize. He goes, no, it's okay. You know, I don't know why these kids are doing this, blah, blah, blah. That's his store. That's how he made a living. Yeah. So that young, that like the way he said it made me feel bad. So like, I don't want to do those things to people. You know what I mean? Even though you can. It's it's not right, really. I, I felt so bad doing that. So, very honest confession from you there, Bobby. You're a good man. Uh, next up, the artist of the show. If you want to get some unofficial controller art, you probably want to go to Comic Pictures No Space on Etsy or on Redbubble or type in unofficial control podcast on Redbubble. You can get yourself some merch, much like many of you do. And thank you to each and every one of you. If you want the chance to win some merch, you need to go join the Discord, which is free. Be a good egg and uphold the unofficial controller podcast values. And much like Elliot did last month or this month, he won a mug for his troubles. El Boot Show's going to get incensed, mm-hmm. isn't he? Uh, Comic Pictures 79, the, the artist of the show, he says, I loved the arcades when I was a kid. Was never away from the place. I remember that those uh, where I first played Wonder Boy in Monsterland, Street Fighter 2, Gradius, Nemesis, and so, so many others. Some of the stuff I remember best, I had a mate that played Wonder Boy with his arms crossed over because he was left-handed. And he could finish it on 10p. That is like, wow. next. that's Neo. That kid, whoever he is, that's he's like crazy. the Neo of arcades. I, I knew someone who could finish Rygar and Shinobi without losing a life. Unbelievable. I completed Moonwalker, which is a great arcade game. That's a great game, game dude. Uh, uh, nothing like the Genesis game, which no. is good, but is is fantastic. It had like an yes. isometric dungeon crawler style to it, didn't Unbelievable it? Unbelievable game, dude. Uh, I completed Moonwalker and Royal Rumble as well as Turtles and The Simpsons, and me and a buddy spent about 20 bucks, uh, 20 pounds completing 
Area 51, the twin gun shooter. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, mm-hmm. Just brilliant memories. Shame you don't see we local arcades much anymore. He's absolutely right. But maybe for the reasons we talked about and, yeah. and, and many more, I don't know. Um, you know what's funny? Wonder Boy, I never knew that was an arcade game. Me neither. It doesn't really seem like a, That's a perfect awesome. fit, does it? But It's almost like, you know, it's very rare you had like a platform arcade. Yeah. Like I remember Willow at the arcade. And I'm like, who the hell's playing Willow? I mean, the Nintendo game was great. I liked the Nintendo game. It's like a, you know, Zelda clone copy, I guess. Yeah. Or similar play style. So I didn't really pay attention to it. And then one day it was just so packed at the arcade. That was the only thing that was available. And it's kind of reminded me of like Magic Sword, where it's like a platform and you're like a warrior. And you. it was really, really good. Underrated arcade game. Willow was great, bro. If you get a chance to play Willow arcade or do emulation. Yeah. Totally worth it. Mm, okay. Well. Here's a man. Yeah, you have to do this. <laughs> I need to Pressure's compose on, myself. Bro. Pressure's I, on, bro. I nearly lost it. <laughs> Bobaloba doesn't just do comments. Bobaloba does the finest gaming comments podcasts can ask for. Just about anything with a light gun had my attention. And Sega Rally, the sole reason I want to add a Saturn to the collection. Yes, I can play it on my Xbox but it's not the same. Something magic about the Saturn version. Me and Toxis went to see Stereophonics just before lockdown one, and across from the venue was a bowling alley with loads of arcade machines. Mario Kart and Halo Fireteam Raven were highlights. They're still wonderful things to play on, but at one or two pound a go, it's a pricey pastime. Bobaloba doesn't just do comments. Bobaloba does the finest gaming comments podcasts could ever ask for. Uh, he makes, thank you for that, Bobaloba. He makes some solid points there. One or two pound a go or one dollar or two dollars a go in these modern, modern, modern arcade machines. Yeah. It, it's not Pricey. long bef- before you've kicked a hole in your wallet. Do you ah. remember... Double Dragon 3, when they had the nerve to make you put real money to get upgrades. No. It was absolutely infuriating. So you're playing Double Dragon 3 at the arcade. There was a store where you can visit to upgrade your character. Yeah. And you had to put a quarter or 50 cents to get something. Once I saw that, I was like, no, I'm not playing Double Dragon 3 no more. That's ridiculous. That's unbelievable ridiculous. It, that was like the first microtransaction, tr- bro. It, well, literally. <laughs> That's insane. I was like, what? It's about the same price as horse armor. Now, I don't know. Like. Listen, I don't think that the arcade, because sometimes the arcade guy would go to the back of the machine and you can edit through the difficulty. So, yeah. you know, they can they can crank it up. You could play on any difficulty in arcade. It's not just one setting, apparently, which I found out from my friend who wow. like, is an arcade master. I don't know if the if the if the store implemented something like that, but I'm I'm pretty sure it was just whoever made Double Dragon Three decided. Oh well, here you, not only you can spend money to play this game, use more money to try to you know get past the third level. Ridiculous. Savage. Game. Who's next? A uh, young adult man. <laughs> he goes by Juan GD Thirty CE Twelve. He goes, man. I was just talking to my little brother about this the other day. Well, my first time actually getting my hand on an arcade was back in the late 90s. I want to say summer of 97. It's the first time I ever laid hands on a machine. It was a hot evening in the south side area, 
And I remember my mom, myself, and brothers walking to a, a laundry, laundry mat to oh, a laundry mat to wash. While I was waiting, Metal Gear Slug caught my attention. I remember asking my mom for two quarters, and she let my brother and I play. Man, this was one hell of a time. Remember at underscore in your face twenty three with a cool shades emoji and a sweating emoji. <laughs> Also remember playing Street Fighter and eating those big old mac and cheese pizzas? Question mark, question mark. Fire emoji. That is that's, that's awesome, a memory. Dude. I mean, yeah. Metal Slug in the arcade. It's unbelievable. It, it looks amazing. I think it, I think you can get an anthology on maybe PS2 and original Xbox. So it's probably backwards yeah. compatible on the original Xbox. And it's probably a downloadable it's like under, version. But like 10 bucks or something like that. What, what a great. Yeah. What a great game. Um, up next, a man that's literally dripping in unofficial controller merch, and let's face it, he's a he's wonderful, the swag of our show. He, he and he's a wonderful human being, um, Mr. Graham C. Um, thank you as always for your kind support of the show. You're a good man, um, and as I say to everybody and to Mr. Graham C, if you want to reach out to me personally knock yourself out i'm available 24 well not 24 7 allow some time delay between here but i'm up all sorts of time of the day in uh, in new york so just uh, drop me a message uh because you know i want to know each and every one of you that listens that might take me several hours but zoom max can wait for his powerpoint slide presentation el buccio can just wait he's not too dissimilar time zone to us being from mexico so he can just chill his beans can't he Anyway, <laughs> Mr. Graham C. I remember playing on the bikes like Super Hang On and dislocating my arm as it broke on the corner. The arcade oh. couldn't stop apologizing and gave me 10,000 tickets to say sorry. I used them to buy a PS... That is an awful lot of... That's a lot of tickets. I used them to buy a PSP and a load of sweets. Arcades bring back me lots of memories of my late mum. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Graham rest in C's peace. mother. Uh, playing the claw machines to win her a lot of teddies. Then as I got older, I played the one-armed bandits and won 350, but all in one-pound coins. My trousers were lower than the <laughs> 90s rapper. Now, let's just pick that out. PSPs, I presume back in the day when they, wow. were, when they were current, weren't just pocket no. change. So no. having enough tickets to buy a PSP and a load of sweets, phenomenal. And you know what? For a kid, or however old he was, that was probably a steal. The only problem is you really need two arms to play, so he's going to have to wait for his dislocated arm to sort itself out. Uh, Rest in peace, his mum. Rest in Um, peace. Claw Machines, love them or hate them, they've been around arcades for a long time. Um, One of my favourite places to play, and this is a promise you need to make me. There's two promises I want from you, Bobby. Gamer promises, and I know you've made loads of promises since you've been a co-host of this show and you've upheld none of them. Almost like our free really nothing wait there's mm-hmm. there's one when you finish cyberpunk the next game you need to play is man eater mm, maybe i cannot wait for you to wax lyrical in the what you've been playing bro i never knew i never knew because i have it on high authority now that this is mm-hmm. a quality game not only that that many people have overlooked man eater Secondly, because it's free of charge at the minute on PSN, it's trending like hotcakes on Twitter. And people are saying that I never knew this game was this good. Okay, so I might even dust it off myself. But I know that these sorts of games appeal to you. And I think this is your next 
big game that you're going to, you'll be getting the special edition, the t-shirt, the whole bag of tricks, all the <laughs> DLC, everything. Okay. So that's the next game you play. The next game after that, and this is where the side rambles go in, needs to be one of the Yakuza games. Now, first of all, the best place I've ever played a claw machine is in Yakuza because it costs nothing. Okay. <laughs> and you still get to collect all the cool things that are in there. Uh, secondly, one arm bandits, the gambling machines, I don't know what you call them here in the States. We call them one arm bandits because they've got one arm and they hold you up for all your money. Well, that's uh, like the crane, right? No, the one arm bandits is where you put the you put a coin in, you pull it, and you, you get three matches and then it pays out or not, as the case oh, may be. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, okay. We call them one arm bandits because they've only got one arm, the one that you pull, and they yeah, hold you yeah. up for your money almost at gunpoint. Uh, I've for me, I know a lot of people like them, but for me, they were the kind of the death of the arcade over here. Many of the arcades that started off doing the coin ops slowly over time, the actual coin op cabinets disappeared, and there were more, more and more one arm bandits in there. And yep. like, there's lots of people that can just put a pound in, pull the lever, walk away, no issues. Do you know what? I didn't win. Fair enough. But there are people that get addicted to them, and I think. They're they're a bit of an unnecessary evil. They're everywhere as well. They're in the laundromats now. They're mm-hmm. in the, they're in the the bars now. They're in arcades now. They're 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 in bus stops. They're everywhere, you know. And yeah, they make money, but at well, what anytime cost? you have the promise of putting a little money for a lot of money, it's always going to entice people. True, true. Um, H, much like our show, it's free, but you might win something. For yeah, a comment. Or just being on the Discord and being a good egg. HG underscore games. Um, he said, love my local arcade club. Hang on a minute. Are oh, they a new sorry. listener? Um, perhaps. I don't remember ever seeing this. Do it. New, new listener. listener. HG games. Love my local arcade club. So full of life and some very rare, rare games and some incredible new stuff like VR. At Arcade Club UK is one of the best arcades you could visit. Uh, I did reach out to them, but maybe they're not on Insta because their arcade shut and they're furloughed or whatever. I don't know. Oh, but no. I could stay there for hours, and the best thing about this is Ace in particular is you pay on entry and have unlimited use of the equipment and games. Good deal. That's cool. That's Probably good. how a, a modern arcade could do well. Uh, like I say, I reached out to them to get a little bit of a soundbite, but literally nothing. So at Arcade Club UK... If you do want to reach out so we can give you some props on air, please do so. Sounds like a a, a worthwhile cause. Up next, long-time support of the show. Who Saturday.morning.gamer. He goes, okay, story time number two. Oh, have we missed story time one? Probably from a previous post. Only his second story made it to the show. Apologies. I am... No, it's out of order, but... It's fine. We'll do the okay. sequel before we do the first one. Like Red Dead. Uh, okay, story time number two. Perfect. In high school, we were allowed to leave the premise and venture across town at lunch hour. Across the street from across the street out of school, a little mall with a full arcade. We'd race at the lunch bell to cross the road and nab a spot for the most popular cab, Marvel versus Capcom. Yeah. We'd grown up tired of tech and tag by that point. About 20 kids wanted a shot at playing a, and a playing. And a winner always played on. Yeah. It was tough to get as uh, so many people wanted a turn. Most lunch hours, you get one shot unless you won and kept going. Those days were epic, and we were late for class more than once. Wow, that is yeah. awesome. 
they did that to us here in the Bronx. And then they decided to stop doing it because 60% of the class would not return. <laughs> so up next, I don't think this young lady's ever commented before. We've heard of her because she's Boba Loba's uh, better half, but it's uh, she's a new, new listener. listener. It's Toxis. I feel I probably ought to say Toxis doesn't do the finest gaming comments the podcast can ask for. She does the finest female podcasts uh, questions anyone could ask for. Mortal Kombat. Many hours stood in the arcade on Skegness Pier, squinting, laughing, smiling emoji, and outrun at the Clock Tower Arcade. Toxis doesn't just do gaming comments. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I says, you know, forgive me, Toxic is a good comment. Mortal Kombat. Now, there's a woman of class and elegance and style. Mortal Kombat exclamation mark. Many hours stood on the in the arcade on Skegness Pier. I mean, no wonder Babelova married her. Mm-hmm. But She's the finest was... female a podcast question provider could could possibly ask for. Uh up next, from his coffin. Halfway across the Atlantic on a slow boat between here and Transylvania, Johan Artwork has reached out. If you want to know more about Johan, Harvey, Retro, and Greg, a.k.a. Nowhere Near Berlin, I won't make a pun on his last name again because I think we wore him out last episode. (laughs) Nothing in the bag, you know? You know, go check it out. I see what you've done there. Go check it out. Okay last week and then go check out all their stuff so it's a this is like the triple pop for them mm-hmm. going to the arcade was always considered a treat for me whenever the family would go to a big shopping mall or to a beach restaurant or to a theme park i would always ask no i would demand to go to the arcade i spent most of my time there playing laser stroke light gun games like point blank house of the dead sega swat virtual cop and the granddaddy of them all time crisis Mm -hmm. i once reached the final stage of that game on a single coin to the point that i actually gathered a crowd can you imagine the nerves that's awesome dude the raw sex appeal of gathering a crowd around you while you're doing that was so close but died on the final hurdle still that to me was an amazing time and still attempt to unwind with a good gun game i can't get enough of a good gun game that game i can convince um james the work experience boy to move through to the arcade sort of retro room we've got set up here at Tom's apartment you know there's some awesome retro gun games Virtua Cop for example is is a is a favourite House of the Dead is also another good one what was that game it was on the Super Nintendo but it, it really didn't do that good it was like it was a gun game but it wasn't like the T2 or Time Crash it was like a it was like a a bolted down sniper rifle and then you would look into the Ah, what, like, wasn't it the on game Dr- was wasn't was, it on Dreamcast? Uh, it was called Silent Scope. That's what it was called. Mm. I remember being on Super Nintendo, oh. but it was totally different. It was like a uh, the reticle was like a magnifying glass. Oh, maybe there was another version when you used the Super Scope. Maybe there was a way it knew, kind of. I don't know how it did it, but I know in the arcade the game was where like you point super your po- where you point your gun. Obviously, before you pull fire, yeah, when you magnified. look through the aiming. Because it was just a circle, yeah. It could probably yes. put on the CRTV and it a zoomed in um, visual yep. that you could then use that in that way. It wouldn't be completely impossible. Look, look out! 
not only has one man got... Uh, they might look like 16th century caskets, but they're fitted with a suite of modern tools because someone else has got in touch. Who is it? Harvey Retro. Uh, well, Harvey underscore Retro. He goes, hey, dudes, thanks again for having me and the Enigmatic Production Boys on last week. Right. Okay. okay. He goes, arcades. I remember playing Simpsons Arcade so much. Every time I went to this 10-pin bowling place, Super Bowl, great game. My earliest memory is waggling the joystick of a WWF Royal Rumble cabinet <laughs> in the sports center, pretending I was playing. <laughs> My old pal My man. R.H. Magic will remember those times uh, with a little, like, you know, wink emoji. I remember there was a weird version of Street Fighter 2 in that place, too, where Ryu would throw multiple fireballs at once. Stuff like that with, like, a weird, you know, squinty-eyed emoji with a big smile. Perfect. Uh, yeah, Simpsons Arcade was, was a phenomenal game. Really well done. Yeah. And and waggling the stick, just like I remember at the top of yeah. the show, you're just pretending you were playing because you didn't have any money. It's uh, I think everyone's got... I'd like to think everyone has that memory. Uh, up next, Radbash Gaming. Um, often in Stingray's boot, which we'll probably do next week. It's probably time we did the listener Stingray where we look through your gaming pickups. So if you're thinking of putting in... If you've had a pickup, collector's edition you've been down the thrift store charity shop car boot flea market and you found a plethora of games or you've done a game you pick up or done something in a game or anything geek related really or really anything you want us to react to there's uh if you put hashtag stingrays boot on instagram or okay there's even a section on our discord which we can react to as and when we check the discord if you want to get it read out on air Hashtag Stingray's Boot, you're all good and good. Uh, Radbash Gaming is a, a prevalent picker-upper of stuff and a hashtagger of Stingray's Boot. He says, Carnival was mine and my dad's favourite arcade. Anytime we saw that machine, we would put all our tokens in and play to completion. Great arcade shooter. I don't I've know of that it. one. No, me neither. Interesting. That's awesome. Um, El Buccio, quite honestly, is going to be remortgaging his hippos. He's got running free ruining the local ecosystem in Mexico. Are you ready? Yes, I am. We've got a new, new listener. listener. What's his name? Uh, Liver Hinnock. Fine. That's probably he what says, I'd have had risk of uh, pronouncing as well. Time Crisis, House of the Dead, Daytona USA. Ah, oh, it's got Silent Scope and Sega Rally. You know, I was always scared to play those little, uh, as a kid, those... The bike games where you have to lean. Yeah. I never knew you could just like slightly lean. So I was always like super hard left, super hard right. Never really did got anywhere. Then I saw this one kid playing it like he was actually on a bike. And the way he was turning was like, bro, this guy's next level. I I didn't really feel like they actually turned that much. It depending on how much you lent. I just felt like there was a big D-pad underneath. And when you lent on the bike, it basically pushed. Oh, hun- yeah, 100%. I didn't get that concept as a kid. So I always want all the way to the left, all the way to the right, thinking I'm like, oh, man, I can't make any of these cool turns. But I just saw this guy on there, and he was just like slowly rocking it. And I was like, geez, this guy's like – and he was first place every match I watched. He had like a little crowd around him. It was like amazing to watch that. They were that – the G-Lock afterburner cabinet that actually moved up and down – uh, Super Thunderblade, which was like a chair with a joystick that attached to it that made you feel like you were moving. Mm-hmm. Outrun, where you actually got in the car sort of thing. There was some phenomenal cabinets back in the day, like literally. 
um, different variations of uh, Crazy Taxi and 18-wheeler. Mm-hmm. The actual, some of them were actually cabinets that you got into. Yes, and they moved. Yeah, like Afterburner. Unbelievable. Uh, here's someone, 16-bit prick. He says uh, he's... <laughs> <laughs> he's our most recent winner for comment of the of the month uh, he says uh, being born in 93 I'd say I missed the peak days for arcades sadly saying that though I've played on various machines over the years there's a good place where I'm from called Fountain Park there's a load of arcade machines in there House of the Dead being my favourite put a few quid in there over the years I remember being in Salou about 15 years ago when me and my brother found a huge open floor arcade with pool tables outside must have spent the majority of time in and out there once we found it they had Mortal Kombat time crisis loads of racing ones too i wish i'd have been the right age to see arcades at their peak though because my uncle had some great stories from back in the day regarding arcades there was supposed to be a place uh, here opening that catered to that kind of stuff 80s themed etc but the old covid hit and i haven't heard anything else about it sadly uh, but hopefully it does open up eventually uh yeah i think we've I mean, we've talked about these places where mm-hmm. they kind of open up. I, I hope for the best. It's an 80s themed one. That's very much on vogue with the old uh, Stranger Things and the arcade in that and other bits and bobs. Yeah, if you can capture magic in a bottle and you can make it a local thing, perfect. You know, if kids go there for hot dogs and milkshakes and while the hours away on a, a 16-bit arcade machine, magic. Uh, yeah. Magic. One of the things that kind of I think is quite restrictive as well is you take a game like, we'll take Mortal Kombat as an example, or Street Fighter even. Mm-hmm. There was a mystique because you could go and you'd play all the moves and you could cunt, you could um, punch, you could kick, you could do all the things that you wanted to do in the in the game, but you you didn't. It wasn't obvious that you could do these special moves, mm-hmm. and it certainly wasn't obvious if you did one quite what you'd done. And quite how people worked out fatalities, it 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 it, it boggles my mind. So a, a young kid's going to go up to that. Let's say a modern kid now is going to walk up to Mortal Kombat two. They're going to play it. They're going to punch. They're going to kick. There's going to be blood flying about. They're going to think, oh, that's cool. But they're not going to know about fatalities. Yeah. So if someone did open up an arcade now, it'd be nice to have Mortal Kombat two, for instance, there, and then on the wall laminated but done nice fatalities and then the combinations yeah that'd be that'd be awesome underneath of a few not all of them and then a few of the special moves like you know next to street fighters so people knew how to do a fight you know even cooler you make like an 80s style arcade thing you make your own little type of little magazine or little booklet you know like laminate i guess the menu the the menu for the hot dogs yeah for the games you have in there with little tidbits and codes or like cheap moves you know about them so you want to do like a little street fighter or mortal Kombat executions turn the page everyone's listed there's the moves boom right next to your little hot dogs and beer section that's a great idea and you play in the background on like one of those projection tvs mm. a random 80s movie that doesn't need any sound just throw it up there that's a good idea or do you or do you get the cabinet and build the booth for the food around the cabinet. So you're like, oh, well, we can seat you at Mortal Kombat, or there's a wait for Street Fighter 2, or we can seat you at NBA Jam, or we can seat you at Turtles in Time. And you get that little area. There's an arcade, but then each table's themed around a machine as well, like like Bro, biggies. You know what? We need to do this. I would sit at an Ninja Turtles table. 100%, bro. Or like a beat-up table for like all the New York section games. 
Yeah. You know, the superhero section, you got your shoot 'em up section, your gun section, and everything's themed around little areas. So you can make it like, or, you know, you could even put it where you could walk, like Ikea, right? You have a little path to walk through. Boom. Here's some beat 'em ups. Here's some shoot 'em ups. Here's some this. Here's some that. Also, here's amazing food. And here's a really random movie playing in the background with some awesome 80s music, dude. I'm done. Okay, you're spent, are you? Listen, you did his, You did the sequel. It's time to do the prequel. Here we go. We got Saturday Morning Gamer. He goes, as a young kid, my mother had her photography studio in a local strip mall. I get dropped off there after school and have to hang out for a few hours in a little hallway between stores until she finished work. There, tucked in the hallway, lied a solo Street Fighter arcade cabinet. And there I would stand day after day, pumping quarters to that sucker and mastering my moves with Saget, my favorite character, then and now. Wow. That's awesome, dude. That is really cool. That's cool. Um, while you got your teeth in, soon as I have to do the yeah. one after, do the man RGT. We got uh, Retro Gamer Thomas. He says, my earliest memories of an arcade machine was when I was six years old on a holiday to Tenor Life and our Ten- hotel. Tenerife. Tenerife. Oh, sorry. I read that wrong which is nothing new here. And our hotel had a tabletop arcade machine with space invaders on. And it fascinated me every day. I would spend hours on this machine. After that, it was uh, day trips to great Yarmouth. Yarmouth. Yarmouth, where I would always head to this one arcade that had operation wolf with yes. the Uzi with recoil yeah. on the gun. Some of those recoils were broken because these kids were savages. Yeah. Um, it was an amazing, it was amazing. Although the attendant had to get a milk crate for me to stand on. as I couldn't reach the gun. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome to the club, bro. What a smiling to you cry emoji. Perfect. Uh, uh, Tom mentioned a few episodes back. I think it might've been the Christmas special. He asked you about, um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla and mm-hmm. I said it had his childhood village in that he, he bizarrely although I moved from it when I was young uh, my my childhood village was the same Ancaster mm-hmm. and it had this chip shop in it and uh, in that chip shop they had a really old tabletop arcade machine in the window that you could play you needed 20p's or 20 cents whatever you want to call it and that's I have some really early memories of like the wood on the side of it and then looking oh, down wow. at those sort of neon visuals that you get from space invaders i think it was space invaders you could play on it uh i'd like a tabletop but it would be nothing more than a coffee table with a plug on it you know like i I can't you know anyway well before we go you like i always had stand-up arcade cabinet you know sometimes you would sit down in one yeah i've only seen one and i forgot where i was i've seen one japanese style where like uh, I guess it's Japanese style. I'm not sure. It was like a it was Street Fighter, but you weren't standing up. You weren't sitting down. Well, you were sitting down, but it was like you were also looking down into it. Like the 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 TV was at an angle. Oh wow! So you would sit down, and the buttons would be there, but the TV would be also, you know, inside this uh, sort of tabletop. I guess it would be, but not really tabletop. Like in the table. Super That's weird, cool. but it was like super. I guess people were very comfortable because they had their little coffee or whatever they had on the side. That is, sick. and they would just look at an angle and play. And I was like, man, that's. I wonder if that's like because obviously these machines are called main machines, aren't they? I wonder if like mm-hmm. the guy just got the stickers and and swapped the board out for his tabletop, and you were just playing it. Oh, hundred probably. Who knows? I mean, they. That's what some of this. Uh, there's a bar here too that has one. It's an emulated machine, so you would just pick any game you want and play it. I mean, I like those personal use, but when I go, I want to actually play them. 
Yeah, that's, I play that's my problem. I want to play Punisher in the Punisher. In my house, no big deal. I don't care. But I could do that at my house and not pay you. That's that's the point of the arcade. Well, at least the, for me. Uh, here he is, the Italian stallion. Badabinks to retro game, and he's recorded his soundbot as always. Where I start to never really play in the arcades in England. When I was younger, I, I never really went out. Uh, my parents uh, never really bought me computer games or anything. Uh, maybe that is why now I'm older. I try and play as many games as possible. So, anyway, the one memory I do have was worth going to Italy to visit family, and my cousins would take me to Salagiochi, the arcades. Uh, so after playing two games and uh, one a football game, I, I think I, it must have been Virtua Striker or some Sega football game at the time. So, and two, Metal Slug, this is where my love for the franchise comes from. I remember coming to England uh, and finding out that this was on the PS1 and begging my parents to get I mean, it's uh, um, never did get it until I got older. Yeah, laughing. It's a computer emoji controller here, sir. Yes, there is. It's the shape of a computer controller. So it's the emoji of of one of those things you interact with the gaming system with, sir. Then the Italian flag, everybody, sir, stand up for the national anthem, sir. Yes, that's it, sir. That's okay. Yes, yes. And now sit down for the national anthem, sir. Perfecto, sir. Perfecto. And then, sir, to finish, please take a look at my comments. I have a trophy emoji, sir. Yes. Championi, sir. That is what we have here. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Parabinkster. Thank you for your, your clip. Uh, appreciate that as always. Some... Some excellent points. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. This is awesome. Uh, I kind of get lost when I'm uh, I'm not reading them per se. I'm pressing play, so I never actually think through what's being said as I as it as it's being said. Um, Virtuous striker, yeah, there was Virtuous striker, but there's one other one. Was it called Winning Eleven or something like? That? I can't remember yes. the name of it. Uh, but, uh, SNK, right? Well, there was a Sega one that wasn't before Virtua Striker. There was another one that I can't quite describe how it was, but it was like really chunky 3D yeah, like, uh, player oh, models. Oh, no, no, that's different. Um, it wasn't polygons, but it was it was sprites. I the one I played, they, were, they all looked kind of muscular. Oh. You know? Um, it was very arcade like soccer. It wasn't like, you know, a simulator. Yeah. Like you would hit pass and the ball just go to that player. But like, yeah. there was like... Imagine like a blitz style hockey game. Yeah. I mean, a uh, soccer game where you would like, uh, you know, do hard tackles. There was no penalties. I think, I don't know what it was, but I remember playing one soccer game at the arcade and that was it. I never remember the name of it though, but it was pretty awesome. Well, Especially for kids who didn't really know soccer. They thought, oh man, you could look what you could do in soccer. Do you know what I think's awesome? Hmm. New listeners. And we've Facts. got two of them to see us out. First one. New. New. Listener, listener who we got inverted underscore pixels uh when i was a kid you had to pay for your for your shopping cart i would go to the malls and help <laughs> seniors uh return their shopping carts to collect a coin then skate over and spend it all at my local arcade uh tons of fun amazing memories what a great name a, t-u-n-z hyphen a fun. hyphen fun perfect yeah we had a we had a kid in my school we called tons of fun uh and then finally to lead us out Another new listener. listener. Now, this man's made himself known uh, in the Discord as well. The yes. Zach Man. Um, the true arcade experience was perhaps a little bit before my time. What are you doing? Hands up. 
Well, keep going. Ah, of course. Ah, sorry. Let me start again. Zachman, new listener. He says, the true arcade experience was perhaps a little bit before my time, but before the COVID, my older brother at Digital Monkery, who's got to be a new, new listener, listener. Uh, and I would go to... <laughs> curse our, curse our sudden but inevitable memory failure. Uh, he said, I would go to the record arcade, in, uh, retro arcade in my town. While he may have held the high score on the giant Tetris projector for a while, he can't hold a candle to my light gun slinging in point blank. That, I think, I've really enjoyed that uh feature bobby it wasn't as though it was a documentary style that we're famous for but i'll tell you one thing i absolutely loved hearing everyone's arcade memories and it certainly uh tinted my eyes with uh emotion i just love hearing people's stories for different games that they played because you're like you know on, on my page right I, am i really reviewing the game i mean i guess kind of in a way but it's like more of my story behind it Mm. But it's it's my story, right? So it's yeah. not yours. So it's interesting, I guess. But hearing someone else's story, it's just as interesting. I can hear a million people talk about the same game. Me, I I love it. Yeah, and different experiences, and I think that, it's great. That's one of the things I feel most privileged to, uh, as a host of this show and the way the show's built, to invoke people to write in. Normally no, with a memory, awesome. yeah. It, like to curate those and to be able to read them out and, and, and listen to the stories that people have got to tell. You're almost there in a way. And I, I, I love it. I'm very, I feel very honored to be in the position where we record this show and get to, to hear these memories. So yeah, long may they continue. I love the listener specials, which mm-hmm. this one was. Um, yeah. I always say we owe you a documentary style. I think we've had cyberpunk. I'd class the enigmatic productions as the, as a documentary style. So in the not too distant future, I'm sure we need um, we need another one. I don't know what it'll be. Probably a console. Threatening a console for a while. Um, someone who really dines out on uh, goodwill. It's Stingray. I don't know what he's been up to this week. He's been keeping it kind of low profile. I think maybe after stealing all the blood from the blood banks last week, he just had to keep his nose clean. Uh, it's time for a peek. Can you hear that, Bobby? Fifth and Main's got no tarmac yeah. left because his wheel spanned down it so many times now. It's time for a peek in what we affectionately call Stingray's boot, what's nestled between some counterfeit nappies and a dodgy copy of Battle Friend all this week. So these are the new release highlights for the week, January 18th, January 24th, 2021. Listeners, these aren't digital or physical or will be by the time this podcast in your feed, but could be. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you, Bobby. They could be region dependent. Um, no, they did. What do you want? Have so, you found a mummy mummy out of that pile? I kind of did. But, you know, I mentioned on my podcast that they were doing street work, which is why, you know, I had to kind of delay it a little bit. Yeah. What they did was the community complained about cars flying through the street. Okay. Now, we already had speed bumps to slow people down. Yeah. They added two additional speed bumps for Stingray. Not knowing that Stingray doesn't know what a speed bump is. It doesn't affect his car. He's almost like a a spectral apparition. He just flies through them. Whereas I believe Red Diesel hit one at 220, well, 
I said a little bit. Uh, don't yeah. let the truth get in the way of a good story. He hit one of these speed bumps, 220 miles per hour, and it catapulted his car up yeah. to the same level. Now, we're on the sixth floor here. Yeah. And I actually looked out the window and looked him dead in the eye. He waved uh, to us, dude. But then that moment of dread came over him. Yeah. It's awesome when you're in, but then when that height comes down, uh-oh. <laughs> you know? That's where he was like, oh, boy, I think I did a boo-boo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's the same su- level he's like oh there's the unofficial controller boys hiya no. he is super jealous bro stingray well don't mess with an apparition that's all i'd say first out of the boot everspace 2 on the pc january 18th everspace trademark 2 is a fast-paced single-player spaceship shooter with deep exploration in space and on planets tons of loot rpg elements mining and crafting experience a thoughtful story set in a vivid Handcrafted open world full of secrets, puzzles, and perils. That might be my mummy mummy. Why not at this point? <laughs> Up next, we got a Hitman 3, PC, PS5, uh, Series X, PS4, Xbox, Switch, and of course, the phenomenal Stadia. Don't forget, Out- it's also on PSVR. PSVR, amazing. Uh, for Jan- on January 20th. Uh, if it's Agent on all of those as well, sorry to interrupt, Bobby. If uh-huh. it's on all of those, I do believe it's on Hot Point Washing Machines and Motorola Flip Flones as well. Flip Flones, whatever that is. Facts. Uh, we got Agent 47 returns as a ruthless professional in Hitman 3 for the most important contracts of his entire career. Embark on an intimate journey of darkness and hope in the dramatic conclusion to the world of a ass- of the assassination trilogy, death awaits. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I don't know if you know, but I'm re- reading much clearer because I found out you can zoom in on the uh, font. So now it's like David Attenborough's my co-host. I couldn't ask for much more. Unbelievable! I'm learning every day. Yeah, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> to watch you grow as a man is is. Is unequaled experience. Teratopia, PC, PS4, and Xbox One, January 20th. <laughs> uh, <laughs> rid the land of evil invaders and rescue your friends in this colorful 3D action brawler. Up next, we got Dyson Sphere program, which is kind of like the vacuum. I don't know. For well, PC. I, I, I actually have a little bit of a fact. Do you know what a Dyson Sphere actually is? What is it? It kind of tells you in that blurb a little bit, but a Dyson Sphere is a sci-fi stroke real-world science concept of if you were, if we could travel interstellar and we could build stuff wherever we wanted anywhere in the universe, if you encapsulate a sun in a Dyson Sphere, mm-hmm. you can harvest its energy almost like a massive nuclear reactor. Really? That's what a Dyson Sphere is. Wow. I don't know why I know that. It's just one of those sorts of... I love those things, by the way. I can hear those two random facts. I'm in for it. Uh, build the most efficient intergalactic factory and space simulation strategy game, Dyson Sphere program. Harness the power of stars, collect resources, plan and design production lines, and develop your interstellar factory from a small space workshop to a galaxy-wide industrial empire. It's almost like I graduated their grade. The quality of me reading this is amazing. I'm thing is, they've all the best bit about it is, is as you've been on a journey through the medium of Zoom on on PDF, we've also 
journeyed with you. We've watched you grow as a man. We've watched you from boy, and now you're out there as a man. First job, wonderful, mm-hmm. proud. Pack up. I went from sandwiches. doing, yeah, I went from doing the podcast through my phone, then through a sort of budget mic, and now I, you know, I have a, I guess, a better mic. I guess we'll, well find out you know, when you hit, you know, Zudamax Media wanted to level you up, so we're now sat in the atrium looking out over Central Park, supping on not just a bodega hot hot drink, right? One that's been fetched for us by James Work Experience Boy from a boutique coffee <laughs> shop. Okay, we're next level now, Bobby. Don't forget that. Gas of coffee, baby. Ripping down the street like a Just Eats or Deliveroo guy, whatever we call it here in the States. Ride 4, PS5, Xbox Series X, January 21st. Are you ready to live the best gaming experience that a motorcycle fan can get? Ride 4 will spark your competitive soul with hundreds of bikes, dozens of tracks, and a whole new level of realism. Next, we got Shing, because it reminds me of Schwing for the Xbox One and Switch, January 21st. This looks interesting, actually. Uh, experience the most exciting and immersive beat-em-up combat system ever. Become a kick-ass ninja and slice some demons in style. The only beat-em-up game I know that's immersive like as they're describing it, is the Dungeons and Dragons arcade games. Mm. You had a beat em up game, but it also had inventory management. That's quite cool. So sometimes you had to pull out a fire weapon to beat up an ice creature, you know? That's like Gauntlet with depth. Yes. And not a quarter eater that you'd keep losing health every, you know, second. Tadpole Treble Encore on the Switch, January 21st. Embark on a thrilling adventure through sheet music in Tadpole Treble Encore. Uh, tra- Tadpole Treble Encore. Escape predatory piranhas, flirtatious tadpoles, and more as you make your way back home. Shoot for the top of the leaderboards or cre- create your own stages and music in composition mode. What on earth? Imagine sound shapes, but with tadpoles. Spermatose of the game. Up next, we got Detective Chapters Part 1 for the PC, January 22nd. Your choices matter in this rich narrative, first-person exploration adventure. Multiple dialogue options will affect how people react to you. This is part of a two-part murder mystery. Mm -hmm. For me personally, I'm waiting for Part 2 to be released. The anticipation of these games, I can't bear. What? (laughs) I can't do it, bro. Gravity Heroes. Out on the PC, PlayStation 4, the Xbox One, and the Switch, January 22nd. Gravity Heroes is a fast-paced, chaotically beautiful 2D arena shooter set in the midst of a conflict between humans and synthetics. It's up to you to combat hordes of robotic enemies by controlling gravity, collecting power-ups, and picking up weapons to change the tide of the battle. What's that last game you got there, Bobby? What is it? Raging Blasters for PC. Uh, January 22nd. Raging Blasters is a vertical scroll shoot 'em up featuring high speed scrolling and the exhilaration of destruction. This is my wow. finest readouts. This wow. uh, is your very best work. I am going to order food. That's how happy I feel. What are we having? We're going to get just bacon, egg, and cheese on a roll. No, 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 no. I've got the, I've got the Zootamax credit card. If we're going to oh. get anything. You know where we're going? We're going trestles. Oh, well, I'm down. We have to get the hot chocolate. You saw the 3402 Broadway. Yeah. And and do you know what? 
I might have an Irish hot chocolate. That's what I'm talking about, dude. It's mm. amazing. It's Sunday. I'm going to kick back, get a little bit inebriated. You know how it is. Yeah. It's uh, why not, man. That's what Brunch f- is all about. I might even uh, seeing as Eva's away. Do you want to come around my side of the apartment? We'll put on a movie. Some well, we'll decide. I out the boot. Mm-hmm. This is probably not really movie territory, really, but. I've decided I'm going to watch Firefly, the series by Joss Whedon, the Space Cowboy uh, series. If not, if you've never seen it, now's a great time to get on board. It's a great show. Shame it got cancelled, but it did get finished in the movie Serenity. Mm-hmm. It, it's you know, thankfully for oh, Stingray, that was the movie. Yeah, if you haven't seen the series, dude, you. Need I only to, seen the movie. I had no you, idea that was a TV show. Firefly. It's on Netflix. I think it's on Amazon. If it's on one or the other over really? here, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Oh my God, where, where have I been? Oh, let me tell you the series. The film's okay, but the series is phenomenal. They only did one series as well. It got cancelled. It was meant to run for four. And what really? they covered off in the film was some of it, but there's so much stuff in the series. You like, the cast of characters is phenomenal. It's great. It's really good. So, oh man. Please check it out. So that's what I've pulled out the boot from Stingray. It's a load of copies that he's printed off and written the name on with pen. You know how it is here. Mm-hmm. What you got out the boot? I actually got Cobra. That's what we'll watch with our Irish coffees, chocolates. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's an awesome. If you're going to redo that movie, I don't, I don't think you can. No. Well, with that said, the boot's slammed. He's driven off. He leaves in silence. Whether it's because we can't afford a sound effect for him leaving because we've spent it on all the new listeners, or whether because he's an apparition, he just sort of disappears like fog in front of our eyes i haven't worked out yet nor have you dear listener moving on he's gripped tight to his pulse 3d surround sound headsets for his new playstation 5 in his sexy little gaming room but Otters wants to relax his grip just a little bit because he paid attention at the top of the show and he knows that the show can't end until i ask you what you're hoping to play well hopefully i can finish uh, my now solo multiplayer adventure on Avengers, Marvel Avengers. Uh, definitely keep playing Cyberpunk. And then I think when I beat Avengers, I might move on to Demon Souls. It's just been sitting there. I'm, I'm dying to play it now, but I can't put it in now. because I, fe- I fear ah, if I put it in now, next. I don't know, bro. Don't mess about. Do money here. It's five hours for you in and out. Platinum the lot. Pop, pop, pop. George, it's amazing, the most amazing game I've played since Mad Max, bro. You won't believe it. That's the third recommendation you've given me, and you've been three for three. It's amazing. I don't know what to say. I want your children. It's simple as that. Okay? It's fair enough. Man-eater. Done. All right? Oh, man. So this week you're starting Man-eater. Excellent news. What about you? Hmm. I have been having this strange itch to check out Aliens Colonial Marines. I don't Mm -hmm. know why. Okay. And I want to play through Far Cry 2. Bro, I love that game. That's the only game I don't have from the Far Cry. That's what I want to play through. I have all the Far Cry games physical, except for two. I don't know where it is. Your brother's got it. I don't, and everything's alphabetical order, and everything is taped. 
So I, no matter how I put the game in the display box, I can read what it is, and it's very annoying. I don't have it. Very strange. Well, it's a one dollar game, so you should. Yeah, but you can't. You can't. I can't find it over here. And well, I mean, I could eBay it. Yeah, I guess I could do that. Yeah, I think you should. Okay, and and Persona Five, and that's 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 probably it, Bobby. And unless you've got any sterling notices to leave the audience with or anything. No, that's it. Okay, well, thank you. Uh, as always, that's all we have time for this week, listeners. As always, thank you for your time. We look forward to the pleasure of speaking to you again next week. Until then, happy gaming. Remember, there's nothing wrong with being given the unofficial controller. It's what you do with it that counts. See you, Bobby. Peace out. Hi, it's George here from the Unofficial Controller Podcast. Just taking a moment to, first of all, thank you for listening. It means a hell of a lot to us. Secondly, every week we bring you free content, the latest news, the new releases, a feature of note, normally something to do with games or gaming past, be it one of our history of documentaries or an insight into the industry itself or how games have affected us as people. Yes, we incorporate you, listeners, into that. All we ask is that you drop a little comment on our post on social media and you can get featured on the show. Hey, do you know what? You may even win a prize. The only charge for this is zero pounds, zero pence, zero dollars. That's right, no money. But all we ask is that you like, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you found this show. And if you're feeling a little bit cheeky, tell a friend, get them to do the same. We have a Discord that's free for you guys to all join in and get involved in. And the community on Instagram and Twitter is alive and thriving. So don't be a lonely gamer. Make yourself known. Thank you. And now it's time to begin this week's entertainment. Take care, guys.